Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Spider-Man No Way Home. Directed by John Watts, Spider-Man No Way Home is the superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Spider-Man, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios, and distributed by Sony Pictures. It is the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, and is the 27th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched Spider-Man No Way Home yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. This is a spoiler review. I know we always say it, but I feel like I really need to say it with this movie because there's a lot to spoil here. Yes, so last warning, because even as we move into the synopsis, we are talking all the spoilers. Okay, that's your, that's your chance to get out of here, watch the movie, come back later, and, and listen to us prat on about the movie. But, okay, yeah, done. Luke, you have the plot. With Spider-Man's identity now revealed, our friendly neighbourhood web-slinger is unmasked and no longer able to separate his normal life as Peter Parker from the high stakes of being a superhero. When Peter asks for help from Doctor Strange, the stakes become even more dangerous, forcing him to discover what it truly means to be Spider-Man. Breaking open the multiverse, five villains from alternate realities who have fought their own versions of Parker appear to send them back Spider-Man teams up with two other Spider-Men. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are back. Told you there were spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you pushed on and didn't listen to the warning and you haven't seen the movie, too late. <laughs> because, wow. To be honest, I, though. Yeah, I've been I, on YouTube and it'll everything's spoiled for you oh, anyway. Yeah, that like, was it. Th- the world is horrendous. <laughs> the world is. A I got home. Place. I stayed off. Like we both watched it opening night, and I stayed off for the most part. Social media, and after I'd seen the movie, I thought, oh, you know what? I'll have a look at Twitter. One of the first things I saw: massive spoilers for the film, <laughs> and not just text, images. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. But like this, this movie, you know, leading like such such hype with like, when are we getting that first trailer? And then okay, we've got that. What's all what's happening? Like speculation, rumors, so many secrets, um, more speculation, more secrets. Uh, it's heaps, heaps. And I'm gonna say it right now. Sometimes. I'm very wrong, and in this case, I have to admit, I was wrong. Um, I was out of it for the longest time. I was like, I don't think Toby and Andrew are going to be in this movie. I think people are just wanting, running wild with, with speculation and, and, and just guessing and assumptions, and they need to level their expectations. And here I am with my expectations being like, they're not in the movie. Come on now. It's just going to be a, and even with the villains, even the villains that we're, we're getting, I was like, no, nah, I reckon they're like, the actors are back, but it's a different interpretation of the villains. And, you know, there's going to be some strange, clever twists to everything that's going on and what they're showing us in the trailer isn't exactly what we're going to get. And 
what we get in the trailer is pretty much what we get in the movie. There's nothing really mysterious about it, except the trailers omitted the fact that Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield were back. Well, there was that shot in the trailer of the lizard being hit. I'm still and not people sure. People were joking. <laughs> and I'm pretty... I'm Andrew. pretty sure it was Tom Maguire. Oh, okay. Oh, well, <laughs> it would make sense for it to be Andrew. You know, we've been saying on the podcast that we, I think it started, we were both saying that we didn't think that Garfield and Maguire would be coming back. And I know you, that was still your position, but I was coming from, well, later on, or close to the release of the film, I was thinking more, I actually think they are in it but I don't necessarily want them to be. Mm. And then I was like going back and forth on it. I've got to be honest, right? Now we've seen the film, the fact that they're in it, it's the worst kept secret because <laughs> it's been talked about and denied for so long. But I don't know if this was your experience. Like I honestly thought that they weren't going to be in it. So seeing them on screen for me was a genuine surprise, even though we've been told for months that they were going to be in it. I think my my experience is, is going to be a lot different. To, even, even from you, I reckon, um, just, just very different to, I guess, how a lot of people um, are experiencing this. Like in my screening that, that I was in, it, people cheered. People cheered when they arrived. Um, and for me, it was like, it was almost like my hands in the air, like, oh, okay they did it like and it's it's funny like i enjoy all of the live action spider-man movies you know that we've had the actual spider-man ones again you know how i feel about venom um and you know i like those actors i like the interpret like the the different interpretations of them but they're all very different they're all very i'd say like unique to their own worlds that they exist in and i to me, I'm just like multiverse. It's like it's just it's a gimmick. It doesn't make sense. I'm just not a fan of it. So I know you, you know you didn't necessarily want them in it. For me, like I really didn't want them in it, and I really don't understand the need and the want and the thirst to have them back. Like, don't get me wrong, it's great to see him again, and it's like, yeah, that's my you know that's the OG live action Spider Man, and that's that other one with the great hair. You know, like we all, we all had our moments with them uh, but i just didn't see the like the real need to to have it so i just had no excitement sort of seeing them back um yeah i just yeah i, I, I just <laughs> okay. although i gotta say yeah. you know that one shot where the three of them in their spidey suits jump off oh magical and they yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah like, it was amazing i'm like well that's pretty <laughs> damn cool Okay, this but again, I mean, it's, it's hype within the moment, and it's like that doesn't necessarily make for a good film. But look, we'll get into all of it, all the um, all the feelings along the way. But I just want to put it out there again. Yes, I was wrong, but my feeling is still the same. I didn't want it, and I still don't see why we had to have it. But I'm I'm happy that everybody okay. is glad. <laughs> Everybody's glad. I mean, clearly. <laughs> clearly you're hosting this episode are we gonna there's a i mean i said to you off air i've never seen this many talking points <laughs> i've never like, seen this, this so much to come. are we are we gonna come back 
Oh, yeah, exactly right. So I'm assuming you've, you've got a particular order for how we're going to do this, just so we're not all over the place, because there is a lot happening in this movie. Are we going to come back to Garfield, Maguire, and talk about it some more I'm, later I'm on? I'm fairly sure it'll come up. I'm sure. Okay, because we've not. Yeah, because I've, I've got, we, I've got so to much it, to say, and I'm we'll sure. Talk more about. You've got so much more to say. Yeah, we'll talk more about the actual characters yes. themselves being. Okay, there. and that's and not fine. The, not the, I guess, the corporate machine of, hey, doing this just makes me watch this movie and, and actually think, oh, hey, I'm watching a movie and this is a product of people making things and not, hey, I'm escaped into this world of imagination and creativity and, well, where am I? I'm in the Marvel Universe, blah, blah, blah. It's more like, oh, hey, yeah, this is a product and there were products before it and now they're putting all the products together and that would be, okay. that's just so, right. We're clearly not ready to move on yet, and that's okay. No, let's another move on. Name let's move for on. this movie, another name for it would be fan service the movie. I fan service the movie. I, I didn't expect to see this much fan service. What you said before, I just wanted to try and jump on some of the points before we do move on. So you mentioned people cheered in your screening. They cheered in my screening. I've not felt that since Endgame. It, I mean, you just felt the room shake. There's three moments. The first one we've not referenced yet, so I'll leave that for the time being. But out of curiosity, because we do see Garfield first and then Maguire, who in your screening got the biggest cheer? Oh, I can't recall, but I think I was... Well, I mean, Andrew still got a big one, but I think that was the... Honestly, there was no competition in mine, and it was Andrew Garfield. He got the biggest cheer. Now, I don't know if it's because we saw him return first, and it and people kind of assumed if he's in it, then Maguire's going to be yeah, in it. But yeah. although also getting a bigger cheer, but out of the three cheers, Garfield got the biggest reaction from my audience. Yeah, I think... I. I reckon it's probably Miles probably the same, and I think for that reason as well, it was like him showing up proved that it was like okay, they're in it. That answered that question. It was like all right. I think when you know, and we'll get to the other sort of cameos that sort of pop up when when there are other certain characters that showed up. It was more like people sort of in awe or surprise, like you know, like lots of that reacting and, to it. Yeah. yeah, not so much like cheers. Um, you know when so it's it's Ned that first opens the portal where we're reintroduced to Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, and straight away there's just a way that Andrew Garfield moves at a distance. You saw somebody in the spider suit. There's oh, no I, doubt I in your mind. Absolutely, and yeah. that that's him and his performance. And again, without. I st even when we saw his Spider-Man, I still wasn't at a point where I'm thinking, well, they're absolutely going to be in it. I thought it was going to be a tease. He wasn't going to re remove his mask. And as he got closer, the portal was just closed and that was going to be it. <laughs> so I was still oh, alone for I was I was still alone for the ride. If that was anyway, that was let's the case, um, I would be sitting here. And even though technically I would be wrong, I would be, I would be like, nope, they went in it. <laughs> Told you. I thought it was going to be a tease, but again, I'm going to get into it. No, not a tease. That's the film. That is absolutely the film. Three Spider Man. But anyway, let's let's keep going. Um, yeah, I mean, but like one fun point before we get into the actual movie itself, like the 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 sheer 
even though worst kept secret kind of thing, all of that. I'm. I think a lot of my. I think um, why I was so firmly believing that they weren't going to be in it is because I've. I just don't trust Sony's marketing. And I, I just didn't believe that they would not show them in their marketing. I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed that they did it. They have a, I'm gonna ask habit, you this. They have this habit of showing everything. Why yeah, they do. But you've got to think, Kevin Feige has got to have some level of control over that. It's their movie. It's not a Sony movie by itself. It's in association it's, with Marvel. It's up to Sony to How many weeks? market and distribute. That's... I mean, I know, but no, I can't believe it's completely their decision. It is, it's going to be joint to an extent. I reckon this is my question to you. Yeah. Let me ask the question. I know you've got a lot to say on this movie. (laughs) Well, my question is, how many weeks do you think it's going to be? And I'm guessing you're going to think it's fairly early that Sony is going to have the confidence that everybody that was going to watch this movie have seen it and they just start releasing character posters I reckon maybe one week. three weeks. Not one week. One week. I reckon, no. no, two I reckon maybe. This I think it's, it's going to be soon. This Thursday, we're going to get the final trailer. Because we never got it. We got the second trailer. Oh, we don't need it. You don't need a final trailer. No, I suppose they, they want no. to show a trailer with they, the actors. Yeah, true. Like I said, with their marketing, what they've done is if they, they've withheld which I think might have come, you know, when they're doing the, mar- the you know, the, uh, like the Sony Marvel, oh, we're going to have to do a new deal. It's off the table. Now it's back on, blah, blah, blah. They came to some sort of agreement. No one knows what went down. I reckon maybe there was, yeah, a discussion of like, okay, look, if this is what you guys want to do, you want to make a movie with these returning characters, keep it a secret. Let it be revealed in the movie at some point. But I think now that like the movie's out, they've done that part. They've held up that end of the deal. I reckon the next stage is like, cool anyone who wanted to watch the movie has watched the movie people know people are talking about it there are spoiler reviews there are images on youtube like let's just put out that final trailer now that advertises that and then anyone else who didn't care enough to just go and be there first first night first um weekend now this is the push to be like well damn i want to check that out because obviously people love (laughs) the idea of them returning that of course i I mean clearly Another do, trailer yeah. advertising them to return. It's going to get just even more tickets sold, and that's that's the point of that's the point of the trailers. <laughs> that's the point of it all. I all mean, right. it is, and and I know. I mean, we've not even again properly started the review yet, but like the multiverse, like I mean, it's not a new concept. DC did it for. Just in 85 with Christ and Infinite Earths and then Marvel did it soon after. But it's been a story point for decades. So it, it does make sense. We've already had Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, so I can see it being something that they would put on the big screen. But it, it's we got it with Loki on the TV. It is, it's big. Because the, the, the Marvel Universe by itself, is already massive. And there's there's so many more characters and stories to tell. But by introducing the multiverse, which does feel relatively early, yeah, it, it just, I mean, yeah, there's so much to talk about with this review and we've, you know, at the end, we could talk about where we think they're going to go in future. But it, it just, 
I feel as though it could get confusing very, very fast to a standard audience member. Like, honestly, I know you did as well, but in preparation for this, I went back and watched those other Spider-Man movies just for fun, really, and just in preparation. But even if you just look at the MCU, there's already so much homework if you want the full experience. And just looking at the films, not TV, to watch this. But if I'm somebody that may have seen one or two of those Garfield or Maguire films at some point, but don't really remember them, you're not going to have that impact watching this. And you go, like, oh, or maybe you've not even seen those films. Like, like that's right. Like for the for the hardcore fans, it's like you know, like there it is. It's like you know it, but then just the casual, even the people just like, oh, like I'm I only watch the MCU movies, like these Marvel movies. Like I haven't watched any of the older stuff. They're gonna be like, what the hell is going on? But again, I guess it kind of works as like, okay, they're just alternative versions of Peter Parker. I get it. And I, that probably actually that probably works better. We'll get to it all, but it's like there's inconsistencies oh, and it contradictory is, stuff, yeah. and things that don't it, make sense. And I'm like, mm, okay, which adds to I guess a bit more concern. But we have to start as soon as about we get to movies. But before that, before, <laughs> as soon as we get to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, it's gonna get even even more. Or confusing because we're not just going to get other Doctor Strange, Doctor Strangers. Is that what you say? We're not going to get we're not just going to get other versions. Yeah, we're not just going to get other versions of him. Do you know? Right, they're doing like very expensive reshoots to that movie, and the reason why is they want to include more cameos because of the success they're having with this movie. (laughs) So a lot of those expensive reshoots they're going to be bringing other characters back because honestly, I know it doesn't happen and I'm, and it works better for this movie than it doesn't. I thought when we get to that third act and Dr. Strange is like, you know, they're coming through. I can't close the whatever. I thought we might see Nick cage on the back of his motorcycle with a flaming skull. I mean, who knows where they were going to potentially go. Fortunately, they kept it to just Spider-Man. But as soon as Doctor Strange 2 comes out, who knows? Thomas Jane Punisher, <laughs> they're all going to be coming back. Hey, he was already in a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, Very I know. Is, yeah. He just happened to be on set. Anyway, let's. you're right. Let's actually, I mean, I don't know how long we've been talking so far, but let's start the review. <laughs> let's start the review officially. Um, this, what I... What I really like about this movie is that it kicks off. It picks up. It kicks off exactly where we left it from uh, Far From Home, the fallout of, you know, Mysterio revealing Spider-Man's identity as being Peter Parker. Literally, we're there when it's when it's happening and the movie kind of kicks off from there. Like, we do sort of jump in time. Like, things move pretty quickly. We're seeing how things are sort of unfolding. But essentially, like, we're, we're in that moment, and I love that. It wasn't just, like, you know, like when Aunt May found out and we just had to put together the pieces and try and work out what was going on with all of that. It was it was immediate. And this, like, maybe first 20 minutes to half an hour of the movie or whatever really does feel like, you know, what's come before in terms of, like, the Spider-Man MCU movies. They're all very, like, it's very much about, 
Peter Parker, his friends, his family, like the, the, the crisis that he's dealing with. It's, it's good. Like, I like the beginning of this movie. Yeah, no, me too. It was a very strong opening. That's all you got. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> That's all you've got. Um, but yeah, of course. It- well, I, again, I, can I remind you all the talking points we do have? So okay. at, at this point, if I agree, I agree. But yeah, no, I did like that it was very much a continuation of more Peter MJ together. And yeah, it was a good way of opening the movie. We've got a lot more of J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson. He was just the the end of that last movie. So it was good to get more of him here. And he's driving a lot of the hatred and mistrust of Spider-Man in the media. So yeah, it was a strong opening. Is that better? Is that more what you're looking for? Exactly. And you even kind of like ticked off the next talking point. So we're good, man. We're good. We're on track. What we need to talk about, though, um, Michelle Jones, MJ, or in this movie, for some reason, Michelle Jones Watson. A bit of, I don't know, a bit of retconning, a bit of afterthought, a bit of, hey, how can we tie this character in with Mary Jane Watson in, in some degree? Let's... Make it that her name is Watson. I... Do you know how I took it? This this was my interpretation as I was watching the movie. Watson is her dad's name. Her parents are no longer together. And Jones is her mum's maiden name. That's oh, how no. I took it. And I, I just get moved it. on. Within the story, I'm like, yeah, of course. That could, like, it's possible. It's not, like, completely out there. But it's just, like, why are they bringing that to our attention now and not, you know, at the end of Homecoming or at some point in Far From Home. It, it just seemed like, hey, we're going to have a character who's going to mention Mary Jane Watson and they're going to obviously draw That's that. Why. And they want to draw that comparison. They, they wanted Tom Holland to have a MJ Watson. That's it. All three... Well, I say all three. No, Garfield didn't meet hers. She got cut from the movie, didn't she? <laughs> Actress that got cast for <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2. I still like well, to think hope for him. <laughs> there's, there's hope for him that he's got his own MJ out there. But and honestly, like we've reviewed all these, you know, going back to Captain America Civil War, we've reviewed all the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies or where he's appeared. And I've never liked that decision around MJ. She, it just seemed an odd thing to hold back and then reveal my friends call me MJ. I've never liked that. Never saw the point in it. And I feel like, like, yeah, I mean, we said it before when we obviously talked about it previously, like, why not just have her be Mary Jane Watson? Like, who cares? Like, she looks different. She acts different to the character, but it's like, just, it's just a name. Like, just give her that name. Like, whatever. Like, why? Again, it, yeah, it just again, it was never, you know, those never made sense on the MCU. Spider Man has always been like they just did a lot of stuff to try and be different, and now it's like we've I got mean, a they... movie where we're seeing very clear comparisons and contrast to the previous versions, and now it's like, well, all those things we tried to make different, let's try and make the same. And it's like well, you, you, you guys did. We'll get to it. Stuff in the corner. Well, there's another big example of like making things different in this film, but I'll mm. I'll hold off until we get there. But yeah, MJ, it's it's fine, I guess. It's fine. In fact, no what? No, it's not fine. Never liked it. But anyway. <laughs> um Matt Murdoch. 
I'm just the that, first cheer in my screening. Not as big as Garfield, not uh, as big as Maguire, but it was the first cheer. cheer. I didn't get a cheer. This was a Garfield one. I think not everyone knew. I think the ones that did know knew. And even I, like, again, I was. This is, I mean, this is. <laughs> This is very different because um, you know how I feel. Even though that that Daredevil Netflix show is is probably the best out of all of the Marvel Netflix shows, I still didn't hell love it, and I don't see the major appeal of Charlie Cox. Like he was great in that role. I don't see that demand of like he should be the one that plays Daredevil in the MCU. I'm like, if like, I, mean, I don't really have that big of a problem with it, but I'm like. Again, I'm not like I don't know why it's so exciting. I don't know. I just it is I it is rare when we're so opposed on something. I th- I really like the character of Daredevil. I love that Netflix series more so the first two seasons. The portrayal of Daredevil in that Charlie Cox, I think he is absolutely fantastic. We've had many conversations about this. I know your feelings on it. So when I saw it in the movie. I had a feeling what your takeaway was going to be. It's pretty much what you just said. But for me and a lot of people in the audience, it was a great thing to see. And confirmation, because it's the first time it's happened, characters and actors from the Netflix shows now being on the big screen. So it was a great it... way of introducing introducing Matt Murdock, a great way of doing it. We don't get him in costume, but you know what? Even if it's just someone throwing a brick through a window, <laughs> him catching it as a blind man in a way that he shouldn't really be able to, Peter noticing it, that's enough. Because without that? that brick... I'm a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Without that brick, the audience could be thinking, well, it's the same actor playing the same character, but is he Daredevil? See, so answered all those questions and... I did not expect it. But again, going back to what's been speculated strongly for the past at least 10 months, maybe a year, Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, will absolutely be in this movie and he will be defending Peter Parker. That has been said for so long. And in my mind, nope, it's not going to happen. And yep. <laughs> it's just like a weird... It absolutely it's just, happened. And he comes and goes. He he's, the some... only, he's the only lawyer. <laughs> I mean, I I love the the inclusion of him here, and again, just being a fan of Daredevil. And if you're looking at the comics, like Daredevil and Spider Man work so well together. I'm I'm looking forward to more Daredevil, but seeing him in this film, loved it. The question the question being is. Does this canonize the the Marvel Netflix shows, or is this the same actor returning to the same role, but the MCU is going to have their own version of that character? I'm confident in saying that the Netflix shows are canon. I'm going to tell you, I'm not, before, I'm not confident about... in saying anything anymore. <laughs> I don't no, know. Well, shit. I don't I'm, know shit. I'm confident in saying it. I said I said before, like the last um, movie show we did. What I think Marvel Studios' approach could be when it comes to Netflix shows, cherry pick what you want. And if I'm honest, I don't think they're going to pick much. But Daredevil, and there's another character 
that I think they definitely will look at continuing. The rest of them could just get left. Maybe they could test the waters at a later date. Could be on the big screen, could be a Disney Plus show. Have them appear, see how people react. But for the most part, leave Netflix because the build-up to Defenders and that miniseries, oh, so disappointing. (laughs) But Daredevil is something that worked so well. There's a big fan base for that show and the actors. It makes sense to carry them over. But I I definitely think that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep one or two characters, maybe three, but the rest of them, they'll just leave them behind. But I'm glad that this is one that they've kept. It was a little bit weird seeing um, John Favreau sitting next to the, uh, or sitting next to Matt Murdock, and it, it, you know, it wasn't Ben Affleck. That was a bit. Yeah, there you go. Interesting little thing there. Um, look, good callback. There we go. There we go. Peter. Hey, we... hey, no, hang on. Hey, what? Doctor Strange two. Maybe Ben Affleck's coming back. Who knows? Maybe Favreau could appear <laughs> as Foggy Nelson, and he could meet Happy Hogan. <laughs> I hate the multiverse so much, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a problem. It is admittedly it's a problem. Just I mean, if they do multiverse- especially when actors when actors have doubled it like they have. Yeah. I mean I can't wait what for the if Fantastic we get to see- Four to come back and Chris Evans rocks up. Well, I was just thinking attitude. Yes. I mean, you're thinking bigger. I was thinking smaller. I'm thinking Ryan Reynolds as Hannibal King from Blade Trinity meeting Deadpool. Oh wow. <laughs> Actually, that could be fun. Who knows? Or all, all the all the um just the the Deadpool, the Wade Wilson in X-Men Wolverine or Origins, whatever it was. I mean they did that already, did yeah, they? Deadpool yeah, too. Didn't you go back and kill him? Yeah, they've done that already. They've, beat oh, you they've, done, that. they've done the one. Okay, good. Anyway, um so again, this this first the first portion of this movie is 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 very much like what we've known previously of you know these spider-man films peter is able to return to school um we get the return of like the teachers you know that we've we've seen previously there's um hannibal burris as that coach wilson martin Starr as roger harrington and jb smooth as julius dell it is a weird sort of scene though they're standing in a line they're basically just having a dialogue conversation it almost seems like I guess like, hey, this movie is going to be made in so much secrecy. We want you guys back for this movie, but you're not going to be in any of it. All we're going to do is have you guys come in. You're going to stand in a line and talk to talk to Tom Holland. That's your part. Thanks for coming. Here's your check. Like it was, and a funny exchange. The coach is very much like this guy's a murderer. Like we we shouldn't celebrate yeah. him. And there's the whole thing with like the the shrine and like the trophies and the pictures and stuff. Funny scene. It was a funny scene. Do you know but what just, it played like for me? It was like an SNL sketch that yeah. had just been cut into the film. It seemed very isolated and it was like, this only exists in this room, nothing else, and no one can leave there. Leave and it there. works. Like, and, and it was funny. And it was great seeing, you know, you mentioned you know, J.B. Smoove and Martin Starr, and it was great seeing those guys back. But it was just a gag for the most part. Yeah. We do get... um. Betty Brandt is back, um, and Gory Rice. So she fit, like, just pops up just for, I think maybe once or twice, just as like there's a big crowd, you know, media circus outside the school, and she's doing her sort of reporting thing there as well. So nice to see her, but I just wanted to give her a shout out. Um, but 
as the movie kicks into gear, because sort of like the issue, I guess, with with like Peter's identity and stuff is kind of like in, in terms of like the law and, you know, all of that and the government, Matt Murdock's managed to obviously so do that. But then the next problem is sort of still the backlash and the public pers- like uh, opinion of everything and not just for Peter, but for um, for MJ and Ned. They're trying to get into college. They've got their applications coming in um, and, and they're basically all getting knocked back because of, I guess, the circumstance, the situation, their association with the Spider-Man. I like, I kind of like this as like the motivation for for Peter to go to Doctor Strange and say, hey, we need, uh, we need to sort something out like this problem is not just affecting me, it's affecting my friends. They're roped up into this and it's not really their fault at all. Something needs to happen. Again, it's still a stupid idea. It's like a stupid move. But again, he's a kid still. He's got to make these mistakes. But yeah. I, liked, I liked his it motivation. Does, I really yeah. was on board with it. It does. Oh, it. it works as a good motivation. And then there's that good gag who talks to Strange. He's like, oh, well, you obviously called them and that didn't work. So now we're doing the spell. He not yeah. called them. Yeah, yeah. So that you worked through really that. Well. <laughs> but it's a good example, as you say, that he is a kid. He absolutely is a kid. That's the whole thing. Spider-Man may go around as Spider-Man, but Peter Parker is not a man, is a boy, is a kid. So it does track. And then obviously Flash Thompson got in, which didn't go down too well with them. He likes to refer to himself as Spider-Man's best friend. He's got a book out on it as well. But that was a good scene, actually, (laughs) with... (laughs) That was a good scene with Ned. How how quickly the agent got him to confess. Brilliant. That was a good scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy in the chair. That's my role. (laughs) So you're his accomplice. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. That worked well. But yeah, I think for a kid, the motivations to go to Doctor Strange is strong enough. And I've got to admit, if we're admitting things that we were wrong about, I was so sure <laughs> that it wasn't really Doctor Strange because I didn't believe he'd mess up the spell. And I suspected, like most, Mephisto, who officially is still not actually part of the MCU. One day it will it will happen. Oh, what we actually find out as well, is that because Doctor Strange blipped our existence for five years, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. It, it's Wong. That's pretty he's funny. He's the Sorcerer Supreme. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, that is pretty funny. It makes me think, I'm like, maybe we already have a new Black Panther because <laughs> he was he had been blipped. So maybe someone else was reinstated yeah. and they never actually, <laughs> maybe he never got reinstated. So... I don't know. It just made me Ooh, start thinking about that. But, um, you know, like the like basically his um this oh, I never know how to say it. The sanctum. Uh, how do you how sanctum? Do, sanctum. 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 It just I don't know. Yeah, my mouth. It rhymes, my, my tongue doesn't do that. Um, we find out why there's a, obviously like snow. Why it's like an ice palace in there, and literally it was like a blizzard had come in from like when like through a portal. I was like, okay, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so it's like, hey, there's some a science-based reason mixed in with magic. It's all good. Um, I don't know why they can't just use magic to clear it up, but they've got two. They've got two people. Um, I, I don't know if they're like apprentices or something, but like they're they're helping with the cleanup. 
And I swear to God, like at first glance, I was like, is that Shang-Chi and what's her name? Aquafina's character. We <laughs> love when we last when we yeah, last Katie. Saw, Katie. When we last saw them, they were, you know, with Wong, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I no, was like, like, yeah, how just, funny that, that would have been. been if yeah, next time we saw been a good it, gag. Yeah. They were just helping clean up because they were like, I don't know. I know, but like I, I don't know, like Simu Lu, like he's done so well with Shang-Chi <laughs> and he's like, hey, we'd like to be inspired about oh my god, that's fantastic. It's just a gag though. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, the cameos I, I just assumed that's true, but I, I just assumed that where I can't remember the place, but where Doctor Strange went for his training, they're kids from that mm. village. Yeah, and the, but we don't see them again, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> they oh, were we... just there for that visual. For that visual, but it's that's all good. Um one thing I found interesting was that, like, because of all the crisis that obviously Peter's undergoing and all of that, uh, one aspect of it is that he no longer has access to, I guess, like the Stark server, his AI in his suit, basically all the Stark tech. He still has his like nano suit, but there's no interface to it. It's basically him in and just the suit as is, which I'm like, cool, we're moving in the right direction. Because one of our biggest complaints has been, you know, like, oh, what's the with this, you know, Iron Man Jr. type thing, this reliance on the Stark technology. Why is Spider-Man not enough to stand on his own? And I'm like, we're getting that. We are moving in that direction. And I mean, I don't want to jump to the very end yet, but even just early on in this movie, I'm like, we're already starting to see um, that sort of take place, which I like. Yeah, no, me too. I was so happy to see that because for the longest time he'd been referred to as Iron Man Jr. So he's like, right, good. He's now more limited than what he has been since he was first introduced. All right, so we get to let's get to the, the spell. We get to the spell. Um, it does a yeah, like they kind of muck around with it a little bit. Strange shuts it down. I was surprised. I was like, oh, it looks like they actually didn't go forward like through with it. I was like, okay, so the they're obviously going to do something different or something else. I don't know. So I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, a few surprises are still on their way, I guess. But I guess whatever they did do did create um, some sort of issue because we get our, what I call the multiverse of villains. We get villains starting to come through, um, five of them essentially. We've got, I mean, you've seen the trailer who's in there, but we've got Alfred Molina is back as Doc Ock. Willem Dafoe, back as Norman Osborn. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church as Flint Marco, Sandman. Uh, Reese Ifans as Dr. Connor's Lizard and Jamie Foxx as Max Dillon, Electro. It's all happening. Honestly, it wasn't until Lizard was transformed back into human form that I'm like, oh, okay, they actually have brought back Reese Ifans because I didn't know he was going to be in it. I'd seen Lizard in the trailer, but I didn't realise we were going to get the human form and it was him coming back. It's, it sounded like him. And I thought, even with Sandman, I was like, why is he just in sand form like this whole time when he can go back and forth? So I was like, okay, this is odd. I was like, maybe they couldn't get the act of it. It's his voice, though. So maybe they can only get audio. Like, I don't know, or maybe it was a choice. No, it's have, actually... No, yeah, they got him. He, um, I, he's back, and he? It's great. It is great that they're all back. I've got to say, the Amazing Spider-Man, I didn't like the look 
of Lizard in that film. And with this film, they've looked they've looked to recreate that look, which they've done well. Still don't like it though. I don't think it looks good visually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with all of them, they all kind of look like even just like slightly different. But when they all first appear, they all generally they look this like you know Doc Ock looks how kind of does, and they've used like de aging technology to you know, make him look a bit yeah more <laughs> how he was um you know 18 years ago or something whatever it's been um a few minor like sort of a, like cosmetic differences or you know, a bit of clothing might be look a little bit different but green goblin looks exactly the same in his um in his power ranger suit um even when electro comes through i'm like or when we first see him He's still blue. I was like, okay. This yeah, is. which I I didn't like that choice in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I'm glad they carried it over here. And he makes a reference to the power feeling different here, and he now looks better than he's ever looked. It's almost like the power here stops him being blue. Well, it's like, I, um, like how <laughs> electricity in um, the Amazing Spider-Man universe is blue, obviously, and... Um, in the, the electricity in the MCU is is yellow. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And again, like this is it this, doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But I I like the I, it doesn't make sense. But I like the continuation when he first appears is blue, and you get the Hans Zimmer Amazing Spider-Man two theme, but then that goes away when he's now powered by the MCU. So I liked that. And I've got to be honest, I didn't anticipate Jamie Foxx having as much to do as he does in this film. He's got a lot of good gags in this film. He's got a lot more screen time than I thought he would because I thought it was going to be more Doc Ock and Green Goblin. But it was a pleasant surprise, if I'm honest. I thought Jamie Foxx was really good in this. Green Goblin... It was a good choice, you've said, is in the Power Rangers suit, but he quickly smashes the mask. And then he's got the like the purple, like, like a like rag, a or was he wearing like a it's cloak like a hoodie, or hoodie? But like they were pretty shaggy. So like so the, it kind of had him looking closer to what he does in the comics. I and did I've always like that design. That, I did like that design. No, me too. Yeah, because like, you've got an actor in, in Willem Dafoe that he looks more like Goblin than he does wearing that Power Rangers suit. Painting the guy's face green. So I've him in here. He's got those big maniacal eyes. And you know, I did read with him, like he had one condition when asked to return, and it was that he could do his own stunts. And for the most part, apparently he does. He didn't just want a cameo. If he was going to be in it, he wanted to be involved and he wanted to be physical. So good on him. Yeah, no, that's that's good because yeah, I guess if they did have like the power ranger suit, they, they just get some stand in, and then any time they needed him without his helmet, yeah, there he'd be. But no, I was I was a little bit concerned when um, we you know we first start to see Norman Osborn, um, you know, with sort of playing oh number one like feast features which is like a thing pulled from the PS4 video game where Aunt May works. I thought that was nice. But um, well, before yeah. that, it's 
It was in the comics long, long before oh, that. Was it? There's a, oh. Yes, because it's run by um, a guy who's got a supervillain alias, Mr. Negative. Yeah, that's that like the whole thing through, there. Yeah. That he's that's in the game him, yeah, as well. that, like black with a glow. There you go. But it's yeah. it was the comics first. So yeah, I did Makes notice sense. that when seeing Feast. That's cool. Um but yeah, just like we get Norman Osborne and it's like he's he's playing it almost like you know, like he's got like Alzheimer's or something, you know, like very concerning, very sort of like a weak kind of character. And I was worried because I was like, if this is genuine. What are they doing? <laughs> like, what are they doing to to Norman Osborn? Holy crap! Like, this is not what I want to see. Um, but that oh, he does... go he goes full Green Goblin. Don't oh, he you does. Know? He does, and, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and we'll get to all. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all <laughs> um, but with with the arrival of all these guys, I mean, again, it was very clearly established. Like, nope, this is one hundred percent all of the um, the same villains from from the movies we've seen previous, but it was all just a matter of trying to work out, okay, when have they been plucked from? What do they know and what don't they know and all that kind of stuff. Um, and with Doc Ock, we get, um, you know, we, we've seen that fight in the in the trailer, but obviously we get more of it here. But it was, a, you know, it was, it's pretty cool to see Doc Ock sort of first thing, the, the iron spider suit with like with the, you know, the four mechanical arms on each of them. Like we like we speculated from that trailer, it's like he Doc Ock manages to like absorb like the nanotech suit into his own mechanical arms, but then using you know like I don't know, it's just Peter's suit magic. He he can like control hack in and control Doc Ock's arms, and I'm like, okay, that's a seems like a easy resolve of that, and then. Until basically Doc Ock is is fixed, is basically in his own like sort of like stronghold, I guess. I'm like, oh. I just thought that was an easy, an easy convenient fix. So I wasn't too excited about that. I was like, oh. but that least. was that was the story point from Spider Man Two, though, wasn't it? That the chip took over. It is. It's an easy fix. No, the, the, it works on it. Honestly, easy fix. For, I thought for like um, you know, getting Doc Ock's mind back, sort of thing. But like yeah. just Peter hacking into his arms mid-fight and being able to control him, I just thought was like, oh, okay, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. He, he shut the fight down quickly, but then he didn't end because obviously Green Goblin arrives. It continues mm. to escalate. But I was anticipating in this film that although it was Doc Ock from that other movie, it was going to be a good guy because he died a hero. You know, he redeemed himself at the end of Spider-Man 2. And I thought that was the version of Doc Ock we were going to get. Well, that's the that's the troubling thing with this movie because the main like story point plot sort of conflict is sort of established between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, the two, two solutions to this problem. Doc, Doctor Strange is saying, hey, look, we can very easily gather these guys up. We send them home. But then it, 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 they kind of work at that, hey, we send them home. They're pretty much in a position where they're about to be killed because they all have memories leading up until like either like moments before they die 
or or something like that. So it seems like they've been plucked right before the end of their their lifespan kind of thing. Peter's stance is, yeah, you know, like we can help these guys. We can basically cure them or like fix their <laughs> their their ailments, their curse, and give them their lives back, and then we'll send them back, which. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but um. So we've got two conflicting things. Well, it's, here, it's, but it's, um, I know, but you're saying Peter's stance is very much an influence by Aunt May. Aunt May, yeah. It's also her stance, but he's adopting it. He's agreeing with her. Yeah, and then he makes it his stance. So, but yeah, no, you're you are correct. But the thing is, like you said, Doc Ock, like when we get to the end of Spider Man Two, like he he was in control again of his arms, and he did redeem himself by you know being like no like i will shut this stuff down like i'll shut it down and and that's when he demand like that's that's when he fell like it didn't really make sense and even like with sandman it's like okay last time we saw him and not assuming he got plucked at this moment but last time we saw him he made peace with peter parker and he sort of flew away into the sky I'm like, okay, so we made peace there. I'm pretty sure the lizard in Amazing Spider-Man also at the end, you know, like as the uh, the Ganali device or whatever the hell it was called, you know, cured all of the lizard people, including the lizard himself. He also made peace with Peter Parker. Well, and you I, know, I, it's I, like, I guess mm. I guess Sony's answer would be, well. There were more adventures, and they were the moments they died and were plucked from. But it definitely it paints Spider-Man in a negative light. Like these are all the villains that he killed. Oh wow! You know, from a character that doesn't kill these other versions. So it's like he's finding out that he's got a darker side in these other realities. Yeah, and that plays into near the end of the movie where it is sort of it comes down to, I guess, like. Peter being enraged and you know falling into that darker sort of um, sort of thing. You know, we've we've talked about him being a boy um, and then sort of becoming a man. Where it's like, I guess it's that thing that Uncle Ben said back in that first Spider-Man movie, where it's like, you know, you're gonna these are years you're gonna become the man who you're gonna be the rest of your life. You just gotta be careful who you change into. I very clearly watched Spider-Man recently, um, <laughs> so. I guess, yeah, it's like if, if Peter made that choice to kill, he is going to become a very different person. Um, but I don't know. Again, it's sort of like, you know, we only established that two characters, two of these villains were, like, or did die. And again, they weren't even at the hand of Spider-Man. So it's sort of like Spider-Man hasn't, that we've seen, hasn't actually killed anyone except that Venom symbiote. That's like literally been the only one he's killed. No one, yeah. So I just like again, like. Well, there's there's the no there's no way stuff. there's no way that they were going to confuse things even more <laughs> and have Topher Grace as Venom. Oh look, I, no one. Yeah. I'm not asking. For that. <laughs> All I'm saying is that like, I know, but I'm just like saying that it, it would it would make sense for him to appear based on what we're told about these other villains, but there's no way they were going to have it be that confusing. <laughs> Or Harry, or like, I don't know. I'm sure there was another villain in there somewhere. Who else did we have? Honestly, I was so happy not to see a Green Goblin Jr. or a Night Flyer. Yeah. 
talking about you, James Franco. Or which one? Which reveal one? Or, of or him. Oh, I'm talking about Night Flyer from Spider-Man 3. To this day, I still think he should have just been Hobgoblin in that series of films. But anyway, he's Night Flyer. I thought he was just called the like, New Goblin. Or Gobby Jr., that's what. That's what Peter called him. I'm sure but, he was called Nightfly. I'm been... sure that's the thing. Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's that's a rubbish name. Um, it would have been. I, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted this, but it would have been interesting to have gotten both Harrys in this, and then have Willem Dafoe's Norman Osborn be like, "Okay, one of you doesn't look like my son." <laughs> like, it just would have been weird. I find it. I found it strange. Like. You know, um, I forget which character. I think Max Dillon's talking about Kurt Connors being the lizard. And Doc Ock at not one point mentions, you know, his friend, Kurt Connors. You know, that other one, you know, played oh, by... Of course, what's yeah. his name? So it's like, again, obviously, if I move past the whole... Okay, I have to obviously deal with the fact that this movie is doing the multiverse. They're doing... They're pulling characters from previous cinematic, you know, versions and stuff cool i'll move past that and say okay they're doing it but how are they doing it are they doing it well they're what they're doing they're picking and choosing certain things and they're creating a narrative with these older characters that isn't actually in sync they're making it fit but they're not actually thinking things through and actually putting logic to it like there should have been a conversation where it's like the kurt connor's on on my world like you know either Oh, it never happened. Or yeah, he went down this similar path, but it's like, well, no, I guess he wouldn't have known because he would have died. But I mean, I don't know. It should have come up and been like, oh yeah, you know, like obviously we all look very different. You know, our Spider Mans look different. Kurt Connors. I just feel like there would have been there should have been more conversation about things. But like you said, they didn't want to confuse anyone. But I'm sitting there more confused no. because I'm like, none of this is syncing up. They're just making things. They're just making things up. And then the next question is sort of like, okay, if we're plucking villains from certain points in time, obviously not a fixed time, just basically wherever the movie wants to pluck them from, where are we then pulling, you know, Andrew and Toby from? What particular time? And it's like, is it the current time with these universes running parallel? Even though, I, like, I don't know. I mean, time, time has elapsed. I mean, we're talking about those guys again. We're going to wait, I think. But time <laughs> is clearly we'll talk some time elapsed for them because yep. after the death of Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man or the amazing Spider-Man 2, Garfield's Parker makes a point of saying that he essentially got a lot more violent, like he got a lot more angry. Yeah, he wasn't pulling his punches so much anymore. And then you've got Maguire, he's talking about how his life has progressed and he alludes to still being with MJ and they're in a relationship. So I definitely got the impression that as well as the actors clearly looking older, more so Maguire, that time had moved mm. along for them. With what you were just talking about before, with characters looking the same or different actors, when watching the film, I knew you would have issue with this going back to our review of Loki and you were making sense of it in your mind because you had Loki and Sylvie clearly two different actors, but you're like, but that's okay. Different actors can play Loki because he's Loki, but all the actors in the multiverse or other characters 
it has to be the same actor. And then this happened. This movie comes <laughs> along and it's gone. Nope, not at all. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, on one hand, okay, like characters, people looking different. Obviously, the MCU, the rule is okay, no, they like they can and will. Okay, fine. So that's established. But, but the thing is, the multiverse that we were sort of explaining, like the, the rules regarding it in Loki, it was all related to time and branches of time and variations at certain points in time creating branches which then created different timelines thus different universes but the universes that i guess we're exploring here in this movie is nothing to do with something in time it's just literally a different universe so it's like are we dealing with a different type of multiverse or is it the same but it's just not the same rules or they're not really addressing or, it or they're contradicting. Or is it just fan service? <laughs> or is it just that? <laughs> How many things can we throw at the screen that people are going to love? It, it's, it's hard to make sense of it. And if I'm honest, like as I'm watching this film, I was leaning back and forth and then I leaned into more, leaned more into one side. You know, am I critiquing this or am I just like, what am I enjoying? Yeah. Should I just switch off my brain and just lean into it completely and just enjoy it? But yes, I'll, I'll <laughs> so what, much fun series is going on. What I'll need to do is watch this movie again and then see how I feel then without everything sort of being a surprise or a reveal to me and, and then see how I feel. And then I'll go from there, I guess. But it's, it's, it's hard. hard. It's yeah. it it is it is hard, isn't it? Because you know when so when watching this, and whether it's your opinion on this movie or whether you know we talked about it when we reviewed Ghostbusters Afterlife, and it's a new film, but they're giving us elements of things that we like whether it's the music, the visuals, and it's happening here. So not only are you getting Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, you're hearing the Danny Elfman thing. You're getting the amazing Spider-Man theme with Garfield. So it's like, oh, that's, that's adding to it. That's making me feel this even more. I'm seeing a familiar face. It's reminding me of a film that I liked. And it's that sound. So it's like, are you enjoying this thing or are you enjoying being reminded of this other thing that you really like? Mm. It's yeah, it's just conflicting feeling. But I get I mean, either way, I've got to be honest, like I was enjoying it for the most part. I just didn't know what I was enjoying why I was enjoying it. You just didn't know why. Am I being manipulated? Is that what's happening? But look, again, like, okay, when we get into like the main plot of this movie, it's about Peter making the choice, even, you know, influenced by my, to help these guys and try and, I guess, cure them in a way of, of, their, of their situation and, and, and deal with it that way. I just found myself struggling to get on board with, it. you know, remember like Civil War, how it was so good to have these two opposing sides and completely be on board with both of them and then be torn in the middle being like, oh man, who am I rooting for? Like they both make sound very logical um, arguments but in here i'm like 
yeah, Doctor Strange is right. Press that button. <laughs> Send them home. Fix all of this. This movie shouldn't be happening. Like, fix this problem now. Press the button. They don't belong here. Send them back. I just was not on board with... Remember earlier, I was like, I completely get Peter's motivation to go to Doctor Strange and try and get help. Like, I get that. That really... like I was like, I get it. I can understand that. When it comes to, hey, I'm going to try and help these guys and it's like why man like no it's it's not no just i wasn't on board with it yeah no i i see your point there completely and then mj has the button for the longest time she's so close to pushing it press the button but there's <laughs> there's stakes in this film and i know we're close to talking well, about it. it did not see it coming at all and essentially what Doctor Strange is doing is like essentially what has happened is it's already happened. A mistake has been made. They should never have been brought here. By pushing that button, you're not taking a life. You're resetting things to the right order. Yeah. And with advice from Aunt May, he listens and he doesn't, he doesn't push the button. So we're he wants to try with, and reform them. Yeah, we're dealing with things, you know, like we're talking cosmic, um, you know, universe-spanning issues, concerns, and God knows what. I mean, clearly, when we get to the end of this movie, you know, post-credit scene type things, there's clearly going to be some sort of backlash to all these shenanigans. It's like, no, Peter, you've got no idea. Like, push the damn button. Push the button. But I don't know. I, did you find it... Did you find everything that was happening in Happy's apartment just really weird? Just the idea of having these five supervillains in this apartment. It's a nice apartment, but in this apartment with with um with Peter and May and um was it just them two? I think it was just them two, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, it seemed weird to me. I was like, you know, I get it. They're, they're sort of lost, so they're kind of more, they feel inclined yeah. to Do you know what? go along with it. Like, I've seen I've seen many, many time travel films, but more to the point, decades and decades of reading Marvel comics. So, no. <laughs> this, this, this is on point. <laughs> has happened before. Well, yeah, it's, and that's a compliment to this film and, what we get from most of the MCU films, they feel like the comics. And the more movies they make, the more it's going to feel that way. But I guess going by the movies, it would be an odd visual, but from the comic books, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like something that could absolutely happen, but the, the stranded. They're relying on each other. I mean, it, it is odd that they're just in this apartment. And it was a good way without always showing John Favreau. Because honestly, when they brought him back at the end, I thought he was done for this movie. I thought they were not going to use him again. I thought, you know, when he got arrested, I thought he'd have been able to, you know, he had more clout and could stand up for himself, but, but clearly not. Oh, the defence in the beginning and... Spider-Man's like, hey, I was with Nick Fury, and they're saying he's been off planet. What a dick move by Fury. He's monitoring Earth. I know we saw him drinking cocktails at the end of what movie was that far from home? 
but he still knows what's going on. I feel as though he could have helped, but he's waiting until Secret Invasion. <laughs> he's waiting, I guess. He's waiting for his movie. They couldn't but get him back. Happy Hogan. He's, yeah, he'll come back later. But it, it was fun, like seeing them working together and you know, Doc Ock was fixed by that point. Yeah, no, like he does. And do you know what? I, I did find I, I, the interactions that Doc Ock had with Marissa Tomatoes Aunt May, I feel like, you know, this pairing now, obviously when we last saw Doc Ock, you know, Aunt May was a little bit older <laughs> in, in, in the form of Rosemary Harris. But um, I found the two of them, I was like, do you know what? Are they going to play with a little bit of flirtation between the two of them? I was like, we could, we could see that. We could see that happening. I don't know. I thought that might have been a little bit interesting, um, but they didn't. Well, um, you know, at one time in the comics, they yeah, did get happened. married. Yeah, it that happened. That was the thing that happened. And that's what I was thinking of. I was like, <laughs> they could do it. That could be cute. Um, but they didn't. But anyway, yeah, so Doc Ock gets his inhibitor chip sort of fixed. He's back. Completely different character now. Um, <laughs> you know, he's all like, I'm happy again. Um, and he returns the nanotech stuff back to Peter's suit in the form of like a golden spider. And that's when we get um, that new suit, which, you know, man, that looks pretty cool. Um, oh, but we should mention that earlier, his, his I guess, normal, or his, his suit that he made at the end of Far From Home, that black and red suit, there's a big like goopy stain thing that someone's throwing on him. He ends up just turning that suit inside out. And that's that black suit that we have been seeing. I was like, okay, that makes sure. I think I prefer that to what I thought was going to happen. Looking at all the toys and the ads, it looked like we we're going to get Magic Spider-Man. Yeah. I'm glad that we didn't get him with Magic Web Shooters. So if it's the suit inside out and it was mucky, it threw me a little bit when it was web swigging to begin with. I didn't realize that he had a screen on his chest and it was Ned and MJ that we were seeing as he was moving that they were, <laughs> I don't know, it, it works well enough. Like it's managed to give us a different suit by turning it inside out. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Part of that toy, like inside out suit. It's just really funny. Um, I just, I don't like the nanotech spider suit. And we've had it since, was it Infinity War or Endgame? I can't remember now, but we've had it for. It's okay. We're, we're going to. We're gonna move on from it, which is which is good. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So happy. Um, so all the <laughs> all the villains like they're having this like you know they're con- conflicted because they're like, should we trust this guy? Um, let's just do our own thing. Blah 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 blah. Like we're in a new world now. Like we got extra power here. You know, that's more Electro's thing. Electro gets a bit of an upgrade. You know, like right before his all of his power is drained from him. Um, you know, he he takes a Stark reactor and he. Sort of incorporates into himself, and that's how he gets that big, gets a big yellow upgrade. Um, but I guess the big revelation with all of this is that we see the green goblins, like the the dark side, sort of come back in, and that's when it clicked for me. I was like, "Oh shit!" I don't know why I never thought about this at all, but the green goblin is the big bad of this movie. Yeah, and it, it had to be. And I, I was, yeah, it was a great reveal. I was starting to buy into it and thought that maybe Willem Dafoe would come back for a low-key performance, and it was good that it was the big bad. But with with Electro, though, and his new his power upgrade, we got him having, not all the time, but when using his powers, what looked like a 
comic accurate costume where he had the lightning star on his face, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I did. I like how it was just like a flash. It wasn't like he'd be. Yeah, it'd constantly have this star. It'd be too much. It'd be too much. So again, impressed with how how much we got of Electro in this film and that it's a different take on the character to what we've seen before, even though it's a continuation. But yeah, Green Goblin in this, and I talked Escalation and this movie has stakes and and people die. And Green Goblin is the big bad of this film. And Willem Dafoe, having his face on show is the right approach. Such a mistake, even though I love that first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film, but for the most part, covering up Willem Dafoe. Here he is on show and he's terrifying. This is definitely a course correction for for that character. And I guess like visually, you know, already mentioned his, his like new more goblin looking outfit, but like, you just see his expressions so many more times, like that face that Willem Dafoe makes, that smile, the laughter, the the look on his eyes, the insanity comes through. Um, and even just his fight with Spider-Man in this apartment building, you know, like going through multiple floors and just like kicking around, like it's it's pretty brutal and it's pretty intense. And I'm like, this is so far removed from what we were getting, um, you know, Back in 2002, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man versus uh, versus Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. And this is great. Like, Willem Dafoe really is doing just crazy shit here. <laughs> like, he's going for it, and I love it. Um, so, again, as much as I'm being a big negative asshole about all of this multiverse crap, and I will continue to be, like, as an excuse to get Willem Dafoe back and doing this maybe it's worth it <laughs> maybe it's worth it um interesting point um or like revelations and stuff that we get though there's there's no at least from what we know there's no there's no osborne family there's no oscorp in the mcu so if if we're ever going to get green goblin like this is it there we are we're not going to get an mcu version of the Green Goblin or Oscar? I know, but I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, maybe like Norman Osborn is just nobody. Just a nobody. Okay. Like, because I'm, I'm led to believe that, like, you know, everybody has a version of themselves in a different universe. Just maybe he's not obviously Oscar level and we'll never see him but that's the that's the idea isn't it that each world has a version of the characters i know we're going to get to you know the post credit scenes but there's reference there to oh i've got to find that character in my world that's what i think anyway that Mm. the the doubles do exist on each world but i think you're right though that Green Goblin for the MCU, we've had it in this film. And I've got to be honest, whether it's because Defoe gets more free reign or whatever, this is the best Green Goblin we've seen from him. And he was really good in that first movie. But here, 
whether it's because the stakes are raised, but he's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it was prepped for this, but also I, I came across something about him in that first Sam Raimi movie that I didn't know. You may have covered this because I know you've recently reviewed that Spider-Man film for Rewind and Review. Nice plug. When when Defoe played Osborne, he wore false teeth. And whenever you saw his reflection and it was the goblin speaking to Osborne, he didn't have the false teeth and you saw Defoe's real-life teeth. His teeth aren't as straight as Osborne's. I thought that was an interesting thing that I'd never noticed all the times that I'd watched that film. That is that The reflection of Norman Osborn has crooked teeth. Wow. Whereas if you look at Defoe as Norman Osborn in those films, he's got pearly white, straight teeth. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. That is incredible. Oh, there you go. So you didn't cover that. So there you go. I covered the teeth <laughs> for you. You're welcome. That's amazing. Um, all right. So look, I think we both agree, like, Willem Dafoe is kicking ass in this movie. Um, kicking so he's much ass. He's always going to. Yes. But he's <laughs> kicking so much ass that he gets the first death. Not his character. He gets to deliver the first death. Um, Aunt May. There it is. Oh, mate. Was <laughs> oh. not prepared because, like, honestly, this version of Aunt May has so many good gags. She brings so much levity. She's that emotional support. And it's it's a strange way of doing it, isn't it? Usually we get a little bit of time with Peter Parker, Aunt May, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben dies. Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man. And that's the story we are always told, whether it's comics, film, TV. But they went a different way. And it's like you were saying earlier, with the MCU, it feels like they go different just to be different. Whereas in this, it, it's like seeing the relationship develop between Uncle Ben and Peter Parker, and you've experienced time together, and then Ben dies. Only this time, it's Aunt May. And I think it's the first time ever. She's the one that actually says, with great power comes great responsibility. She's, she makes reference to Uncle Ben, but she's the one that is saying it before she dies. I didn't see it coming, and I thought it was so impactful. And we should give props to Tom Holland because he does a lot, and he does the comedy, the drama, the action, all of it, and he has across all of these films. But the performance we get from him when losing Aunt May was just next level. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. It's well performed. It's well acted. Um, I gotta say, like the reason this scene is working for me is because it's it's our MCU characters. I admit, like it's 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 Tom Holland Spider Man at the center of it. Aunt May, her demise. Um, and if you asked me a week ago, if you were like, "Hey, what if Aunt May is the one that delivers that line?" I would say, "Just get out. Like, don't even." entertain that idea what a joke however watching this scene i'm like holy shit that worked um and it works oh, it's, it's it, 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 it it's just genius works. they they could never do it with uncle ben because they ignored him for the most part to be honest <laughs> because it was done so much and so well 
in the, even like those other films we've we've seen it so many times but the, the way that and again just going back to we've spent time with this peter parker at this aunt may whereas before we got some flashbacks with andrew garfield but we or in his film we were told of this strong relationship between peter and his uncle we've seen it we've seen this strong relationship and then for him to have that loss and for the MCU version to be Aunt May instead of Uncle Ben, it seems like such a straightforward bait and switch idea, but didn't see it coming. And even though it's really sad, don't get me wrong, but it's one of the high points of this film. Just because it's such a powerful scene, it it really just allows Tom Holland to do what he does best, which is actually act like, because he's got it in him to do it. Um, he just needs the material, and this was a perfect moment to to do that. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the, they they brushed over the the Uncle Ben aspect of of this character that it just wasn't prevalent enough to sort of even if we had it in like a flashback or something, it just wouldn't have because we would have been like, who is this person? Who is this guy? Um, but you know, when we first met this Peter Parker, you know, back in Civil War, and he told he's talking to Tony Stark, and he says. There's something along the lines of like he already has that sort of, I guess, mantra. It's kind of like, like oh, when you can do the things that I can do, when the bad things happen, there's something, you know, something like that. It's like you know, you've got to, you've got to do something about it. He's essentially saying, hey, I've got this power, I've got a responsibility to do. Like he's already doing that, or he's already got yeah. that concept yeah, in, his, but in it, his head. It was a very clunky way of saying but it was the classic line it was almost hinting it was hinting at like okay he's been told this and we just had to kind of i imagine at the time when that was written it was hey we're going to imply that he's been told that but not exactly that from potentially an uncle ben um but we're not going to say for sure and i guess that's just the assumption (laughs) i've had from then anyway but look remember remember before when i'm I made reference to fan service. There you go. (laughs) But in this case, it works really well, but it's absolutely that. Like They've not said it until this point. And, you know, the studio big wigs are getting together. They're like, you know what? The audience would love if we actually had somebody say it. Well, we can't use Ben. Let's use Aunt May. But it does. It it works. And to finally have those lines said, and not just by Aunt May, Holland's Peter Parker, it's, it also ties in nicely with the other Spider-Men, and it's a way of bringing them together. Oh, it, it yes, it's well, working for me. I mean, well, that's where we are. Like, Peter's Peter's at this, like, low point. All the villains are scattered. Even Doc Ock. I don't know where Doc Ock went. I kind of forgot what happened to him, because he was good now, but then he still... I think he just went, yep, told you this was going to happen, and then, like, pissed off. I, I'm not actually 100% sure, but he... All the villains are scattered. Peter kind of well, he off. went with them, didn't he? he? Doc Ock went with the villains. That's essentially what happened, and that's why. Oh, was he playing like a the con? Finale, was he playing a con yes, with the villains? It was. He went with them, but he was playing a long con, and that's why he was in the position that he was in to turn around and help the good guys. Yeah, I remember that happening. So he'd I gone just... with the bad guys. Yeah. Right, okay. So that's where he went. Yeah, I put no thought into that. didn't see him again until that reveal. 
too much was going on. I mean, there was so oh. much. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> there was so much happening. It was hard to keep track of where Doc Ock was because we're, it's getting, like... we're getting Aunt May dying. We're getting, you know, reference to Uncle Ben. It was, it was yeah. a lot. Jameson rocks up. The police rock up. Peter's on the, like, on the run. He goes to have a bit of a alone time. And then we've got, we've got Ned and MJ at, is it Ned's grandma or is that his mum? Grandma or something? I, 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 I took it as Ned's home, only his grandma either lives with him or he lives with her, but she's the only adult. She's the, house, the adult. So she's the adult. Just, yes. Let's go Ned's, got, Ned's got the sling ring. He's making portals. Ned leads the wizard man, um, the portal wizard, whatever you want to call him. And that's when we are, yeah, we already talked about obviously Andrew Garfield popping in first. But what a what a we I just found it such a weird arrival, like kind of runs in, takes his mask off, almost like he uh, it all it's almost like he pauses for the applause, you know, like like in a like in a sketch or like on a sitcom. You know, like a guest appearance. Like he kind of jumps in screen, I can see his that. face, and then pauses yeah. for the applause, which he legit got. <laughs> Hearing you say that, I can absolutely see that. And he got a big reaction in my audience. So maybe that's exactly what he's doing, but that's not how I took it. But straight away, his appearance in the movie is a gag. <laughs> in his other ceiling, he's removing cobwebs. And you know, MJ's like, if you're Spider Man, prove it. And it's funny and it works. <laughs> you know what that is? But that's, it's played mostly. That's this character coming into the MCU, which is like built on gags and like funny moments and things. As soon as he gets there, it's it is. Like, hey, it's not, you're in a yeah. funny scene. What? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, it's not the world he came from. And, you know, on Sounds Like Comics, I've done a, a review of The Amazing Spider-Man and I did have my problems when I first watched it. I watched it in recent times and enjoyed it a lot more. I've yet to do a review of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I'm just going to say it here right now. that I remember when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man, those three movies, absolutely loving them. And when I think of a live-action Spider-Man, even though as a kid, I did see those Nicholas Hammond TV movies, but I see Tom Maguire as the live-action Spider-Man. But if I'm going to pick an actor who, out of all the actors that have played Spider-Man, including Tom Holland, who nails Spider-Man, is Andrew Garfield. And I've thought that, from his two movies, seeing him with the other Spider-Men in this film cements it for me that my favourite live-action Spider-Man is actually Andrew Garfield. Are you talking just the Spider-Man, not the Peter Parker side, just the just the Spider-Man? Yes, I'm talking the Spider-Man side. His Peter Parker is funny in this. But it's, as you say, it's the MCU world that he's been put into. But his his Spider-Man, he is a great Spider-Man. Really happy to see him here in this. But then not too too long after, we get Tobey Maguire walking through a portal. And you know what? The MCU has got to stop relying on portals for their... Their big reveals uh, and character <laughs> arrivals. We gotta yeah. come up with something. I else, mean, it guys. works. <laughs> Paul 
hospitals it um it works and that's why it's, it's confusing right because you know i've got young kids and they watch you know shows that have like toy ads and yeah just it's really heavy on the doctor strange visuals in the spider-man toy line ads but that's what we get you know portals in the film but you know what i feel like i was so naive watching it because when we first see Andrew Garfield, I thought it was going to be a cameo, him in the mask, the portal was going to close, and that was going to be it. And then when we actually got Tobey Maguire, and for the most part, it was just dressed in civilian clothing. He didn't have the suit. I thought, maybe that's it. Maybe we don't actually get him suited up. Because, again, I can't state it enough. I didn't see any official spoilers for this film, and I'm so happy about that fact. And I thought maybe he was going to be the new guy in the chair. He was going to be like more of like a mentor. I didn't realize stupidly, clearly, because he fully suits up. So I was still getting surprised by this movie, even though we'd been told so many months in advance. But I thought it was just going to be essentially looking like Tobey Maguire for the whole film. I mean, that's for the most part until... You know, he does suit up, but so you know, half right. <laughs> but no, no, no. But then when you suit up, it's like okay, wow. And like you, you said it earlier, when we get that shot where all three of them are web swinging, I mean, I mean, never, never. We've seen in animation into the Spider Verse, but that's not three Peter Parkers. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a different take on Spider Man. But here, just getting them all web swinging at once was amazing. The first scene that we get with all three of them together is on that rooftop. MJ, you know, has a bit of a pep talk, cheer up thing with with her Peter, and says, you know, like there's some people here. <laughs> there's some people, yeah. These these two other Spider Men, and I guess like you know they're they're sort of kind of sussing it out. They're having the discussion about you know like you know like we're from different universes and but like we're you but different and. We all have different sort of histories and, and things like that. There's a mention of like Gwen Stacy, um, you know, who died. But then again, surprisingly, you know, our Tobey Maguire Spider-Man doesn't mention his Gwen Stacy. And I'm so like, oh, like, she had better luck on my <laughs> I don't know, not that he'd make a joke out of it, but it's just like they avoid it conveniently. Um, but the main thing that they do, like the emotional side of of, of this, this scene is Again, the, the great power, great uh, great responsibility thing. Um, and again, another gripe. Yeah, it another, was another gripe for me, even though. <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. On, no. I thought we were having a good. I thought yeah, we're, no, we're no, sharing no. a good moment there. Yeah, the, okay, I like I'll start with, No, I'll start with the good moment. The exchange between Tom Holland and Toby Maguire, right? Like, they're talking about like you know, like great power, great responsibility. Um, Aunt May just told me, but you know. Toby Maguire finishes the sentence here. He says the great responsibility part. And it's like, how do you know that? It's like Uncle Ben said it. It's like Andrew Garfield Spider-Man chimes in and says, yeah, Uncle Ben said it. And it's like, no, your Uncle Ben did not say it. He said some bullshit about um, a moral obligation to do the right thing, blah, 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 some rubbish like that. He never said with great power comes great defense. Oh, really? What? what? No, Martin Sheen? I he, thought he did. No, no he? he said some bullshit about a mantra that Peter's dad used to live by um, is that when you have, you know, like some, I can't, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he, the second half of it is like, 
you have a moral obligation to do the right thing with those things, those gifts or something. Yeah, it's like if you've been, been given gifts, you have a moral obligation to do good things with those gifts. I feel like the mm. Sony explanation once again will be it happened off camera. You missed it. <laughs> no, it, again, it's this it's this movie picking and choosing and creating a narrative of things that didn't happen. It's like, no, never happened. Get out of here. But the, the question's going to be, though, because, again, like both of us are fairly fresh on those movies and we've seen them many times. But I guess... The general audience is going to think... Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, works for course. this movie? Uncle Ben told We're that Peter is well, telling right? you <laughs> that Peter is always told this. That's fact. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the web shooter conversation comes up, and this it was something was always going to happen. Uh, but like, <laughs> it was this. It was this conversation that made me think. You know, like this is why this could never happen. It's too. It's too weird. It's too weird. But you know what? They embraced it and they had fun with it. They made it weird because it was always going yeah, to be they weird. did. Well, they asked if they if the webs come out of anywhere else. Yeah. Do you get locked up or you know? And they they you know like do you ever run out because that can be well he said didn't it? And, yeah. Do you know what he said? It did happen that one time. Yeah, was that Maguire referring to Spider Man Two? Spider Man yeah. Two, where yeah. he. Lost his powers. Yeah, that, I mean, was, that was my my takeaway. He started questioning whether you know he needed to be Spider Man if he should be Spider Man. Still, he's dealing with all the crap with MJ and paying rent, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what he was referring to. Literally, anything that they do refer you know, to is things that happened in the movies we've seen. They don't refer to anything else yeah. that happens outside of the movies. With the with the organic web shooters, I completely get why Sam Raimi chose to do it that way. Like it just, it's like you're skipping a step. Like you've got so, so much story to tell with an origin story when making the movie. And and I guess Raimi preferred organic webs to to the mechanical ones. But for me, the mechanical web shooters, it, it's such a big part of who Peter Parker is. Yes, he got bit by the radioactive spider, but the web shooters he made himself, he didn't, rely on powers that he was just given like he used his intellect and knowledge of science exactly it showed, i've always liked it, it showed the intelligent yes almost super intelligent um peter parker which is something that he had already which is his it own is more than it's more than, than spider bite yeah. so when yes when we got that in the andrew garfield movie i'm like yeah okay i really like this and of course we've got it holland as well but at the time in 2002, we absolutely worked for Maguire to have organic web shooters. But just having him having a conversation with other Peter Parkers, I thought they, I agree with you, they handled it very well. Yeah. It, Look, could, it could have just been odd. And it was, I guess, but in a good way. It's, it's like that thing where I'm like, okay, again, we're moving past it. They're doing this. This is what they're going to do. How are they going to do it? This is something they've done well. <laughs> like they, they did that well. Like, under the circumstances, they shouldn't have created the circumstances, but they they did it. But again, like on on like you know the Peter Parker's being you know quite intelligent and sciencey and all that kind of stuff. Like besides a moment in Spider Man Three with you know Peter with Doctor Connors, you know talking about the symbiote. 
and that's not even him doing sciencey things. That's just him talking to Dr. Connor. You never see Toby Maguire sort of doing the science, doing things in a lab or, or doing things that show his skills. It's just him sort of in class or, again, talking to Dr. Connors. In this movie, we get to see him, you know, like with equipment, machines, doing bits and pieces. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is new. This is like a new thing for Toby Maguire. Yeah, yeah, all positive there because what you what you want, like if you're bringing characters back, you want to elevate what's come before. And the portrayal of the characters, and what we're talking about here is a good example of that. The characters are getting elevated and fleshed out more. And just that visual of three Peter Parkers in a lab, and just the gag, again, MCU, many gags, but the gag the pointing, where Ned the pointing. is trying oh, to oh. get He's trying to get Peter's attention. And he's going, Peter, Peter, which one, which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he goes, Peter Parker. And they're like, oh, that's like, <laughs> so that, that was pretty fun. But at the same time, though, Ned's meant to be really intelligent as well, just like MJ. But I guess they're all in a very heightened situation. Honestly, if, if I'm Peter Parker, any of them, I've got a lot more questions before I can move on about anything else, about what is happening right now. Why do you not look like me? This is all very strange. But they seem to take it in their stride on the back of, with great power comes great responsibility. And they just move on. That works. Yeah, like this is We're clearly the same person. I I just kind of imagine, like, you know, like, you think of the worlds that, you know, like Toby and Andrew have come from, and it's like when they then eventually go back to those worlds, like their their concept of the world is just going to be completely different. Like they're, they're just like, wow, I've seen some shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like wow, yeah, magic's like, real. Not here, but in some form. Less happens here. Not as much happens here. We don't have an Avengers. We don't have any of that stuff that's happening for this other Tom Holland, Peter Parker guy. He's got so much more going on. But it's what we talked about before. And honestly... And I know we're going to get to it in the ending. I didn't think that we were going to get a true Peter Parker Spider-Man where he's the most important hero in his story and he's going to drive any film that he's in without having to rely on a mentor from another MCU film, whether it be Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Mysterio to an extent. I didn't think we'd get to a point with this Spider-Man, where he would be his own hero. I thought we'd have to wait until the actor after Tom Holland. So it was really good seeing just Spider-Man be Spider-Man. And that's the version that Tobey Maguire is. That's the version that Andrew Garfield is. But then Tom Holland has got all these connections to the MCU, which I was happy to see they do tie. Yeah, well, they actually, I mean, like, they do have that discussion, you know, when he's talking about the Avengers and explaining them, it's like, you know, Earth's mightiest heroes, and it's like, no, we don't have time to talk about any of that. He eventually essentially says, like, I have experience working in a team, and they don't. And it's like, just follow me, follow my lead, and we got this. Like, we can we can do this. So it's like, okay, at least they're acknowledging it, that it's like, yeah, this Spider-Man is very different, very different. But again... Going back and to right. pointing it, at each other, like we can is, have fun. Oh yes, <laughs> we can visualize that meme um, in live action, and like half my audience chuckled, and the other half was dead silent. I mean, they were laughing at like 
the situation, but I think only half of them really understood what was happening. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I don't have... think um, I yeah. don't think my audience really reacted to that. And even now, like I mean, it's obvious now, but that wasn't my takeaway. I, we've all seen the meme of the different Spider-Men pointing to each other, but yeah, that's literally what they were doing. Um, but another another gag in in like this lab scene, um, we've got Ned, you know, like just going up to Tobey Maguire just casually, and it's like so. Do you have a best friend too? And I hate this line that that he that he delivers, where Toby Toby Maguire says, "Like, oh yeah, I had a best friend, um, but he died after trying to kill me." And I'm like, that's actually just a blatant untruth. Like, that's just not what happened. And it really, I don't know, that it kind of pissed me off because I'm like, that's not what happened. Do you agree? Did he survive? Well, no, he well, died. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, Harry Osborn died after helping Spider-Man save Mary Jane and stop Sandman and Venom. Yeah, so that tracks. Like he, no. he was his friend, and then no, he said, "Toby says, oh, my best friend died after trying to kill me.'" Like, yeah, but you're that missing not immediately. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, he's missing. Out that's his like saying in between. That's like saying he died after. Okay, well, basketball when he was 10 years old. That's no, 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 no. That's well, like, what's ha- what's okay, what's happening here? And you've called this movie Arnie already. What it's doing is, is creating a narrative. <laughs> yes, exactly right. It's taking it's taking from Maguire's Spider Man films and shaping it into what they need it to be for this film. And in that moment, and do you know what? I'm going to say it again it's another gag. And in that moment, it's to make light of the fact and to put fear into Ned that all Spider-Man's best friends die. (laughs) So he had to word it that way, even though you're right, it didn't necessarily play out that way, but that fits how Ned needs to hear the information in this film to have the reaction that he does. See, what I'm getting here is that, like, okay, generally the audience watching this movie is seeing that scene and they're laughing at it because oh, again, if you know the um, if you know that oh, you know Ned Lee, Ned has that sort of connection to does he? He becomes like a goblin type character villain uh, in the comic somewhere. He's the hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Yeah, he's right. the hobgoblin. Um, so I guess there's audience members that know that, and they're like, "Okay, hey, cool." And then the other audience members are just enjoying the joke of like, "Oh, okay, yeah, he's the best friend. He might turn evil." <laughs> Funny, but I'm sitting there just being like that's not what happened like someone should tell ned that uh, you know it's you know, i had a best friend he did try and kill me but he redeemed himself and he sacrificed himself essentially like in a battle saving my life and saving you know mj's life it was a good guy so like, what you just done there you've absolutely ruined the Gag that MCU one hundred percent, and that is my <laughs> that sums up my experience of this movie. As much as there are many things to love, I just they just I don't know. It's just frustrating. It was all into I don't know. Again, fan service over actual storytelling, <laughs> actual logic. The Statue of Liberty, big final fight. Statue of Liberty. Um, you know, there's a big, big cap shield thing going up being added to it it was sort of mentioned earlier in the film and so that's that's a thing um 
but yeah, here we are. A big construction site that Spider-Man can fight on, or spy- that Spider-Man can fight on. Things we've seen before, you know, he, he, he works well on construction sites. Um, but here we are, the final fight. Um, there's a few other sort of gags and stuff with the three of them just interacting and, and doing things which you know could be fairly funny and there's lots of callbacks there's a the bit where they're talking about like their weirdest villains that they've gone up against and you know andrew mentions his you know uh fought a, a russian guy in a mechanical rhino suit which is yeah that was the thing that happened um him saying that it's like oh you guys have you know like tom holland's talking about him going into space and finding a purple alien and Toby's gone up against <laughs> yeah. an alien goop thing. And it's like, yeah, Andrew feels like he's gotten the short end of the straw and he's like, ah, oh, man, like I suck. And then I don't, can't, couldn't count how many times Toby says it, but it's like, no, you're amazing. You are amazing. You are an amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is. Like, good one. Good joke. <laughs> and it, good and joke. it worked. Mm. There's the there's the the exchange about Tommy Maguire's back issues that he's like, oh, just gonna yeah, all the swing it, and it's like a callback to like you know my back, my back. That was a whole yeah yeah thing. yeah. And it, was, it got it was it got weird a lot. It got pretty intimate. After Why? That. What when he was no? Oh, we just like, put oh, his back me... in place and, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. oh, this I I enjoyed all of that. I enjoyed all of that. You know, making reference. I can't remember which one said to who, but that. I never had brothers, and now they've got each other. Even though they're different versions of of one person, that works really <laughs> well. I love you really guys. Well. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. The um, oh, thank the you. fight at the Statue, <laughs> yeah. the fight at the Statue of Liberty, and, and this is a different Statue of Liberty. I just said the you know they've got the shield honoring Captain America, health and safety nightmare. I mean, a couple of um, punches in the air, and it goes hurtling through the air to the ground. But it reminded me, the last Marvel film that we had, a big fight scene mm. on the Statue of Liberty, was X-Men, the <laughs> yeah. very first X-Men film. That's where they had their big showdown in that. And I thought early on, right, because now, because of this film, Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, they found a way to make him part of the MCU for a limited time. He obviously goes back. But during this film, he's in an MCU film. Does that kind of technically make Tobey Maguire the first MCU superhero? Or are we still saying it's Robert Downey Jr.? Okay, you mean in terms of the movies that came first? Well, this movie's made that movie canon. Yeah, no. Mm. no. I mean, obviously, yeah. Downey Jr. is versus Iron Man, and nothing's going to take that away from him. But if we're looking at the timeline, are you, are you MCU, talking? Okay, so the... if you're talking, okay, on my on my Blu-ray shelf, I'm going to put in order all of my all of the MCU canon movies. Would I include the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and the Amazing and the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies? I mean. In that uh, sense, yeah, maybe I wouldn't. But what I'm talking <laughs> about in in the in the continuity of the MCU, 
I feel like it's the same conversation. Some I feel like films it's, it's the same folding in. No, I feel like it's the same conversation. If they're folded in, they're folded in. So the answer's no. That's okay. <laughs> the answer's... If the you aren't comfortable no. putting them on the same <laughs> shelf, then no. They're not... No. But, like, I get what, you, I get what you're saying. It's interesting, though. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting, though, because... Yeah, anyway, it's... it's yeah. Who knows what the future may hold, because... I, I know, I don't know. Yeah, we might talk about it later, but maybe Tobe Maguire's done. But I th- think we could see more Andrew Garfield, but who knows? I think having them in this movie isn't a one and done. But obviously, oh, we'll have to wait and see. No, no, it needs to be one and done. Otherwise, for crying I out I don't think, I don't. No, they've done they it. Oh, they've done at, it. Why do it again? They've done it. Oh, why? Are you asking why? Oh. This, this no, but they, movie. But they've right. already done it. It's not it's going to doing... have the same effect again because they've done it now. No, but it, the gimmick's been done. Okay. Let, if they do it twice, it's not a gimmick anymore. It's just a thing. They they wouldn't do it for a gimmick. They do it because there's an audience, there's money to be made. Let's they've done it in it for now. They've done it now as a gimmick, and yes, it's making money, and people are loving it. It's still a gimmick. But if they if they do it and make it a repetitive, recurring thing, then it's no longer a gimmick. It's just the standard, which won't get people excited anymore. Won't make as much money. So I feel like they've done it. I'm gonna. What they, okay. what they, might I don't, want to, I, might abs- want to do is I absolutely maybe replicate it think that- with other characters, like you mentioned. You know, like if we're talking Doctor Strange and Multiverse, maybe get some other crazy cameos in and get people excited about that. You know, yeah, I can, I can see a Hugh Jackman Wolverine at some point that'll get people going. I mean, it, it would, but that, that is a gimmick. I don't think, and again, I'm leaning more <laughs> how towards would, wait, how would that Andrew be a Garfield. And I, let's say we have an MCU-established X-Men at some point, which we will get at some, uh, and then they you know dabble in multiverse again, some crazy X-Men with like multi-dimensional powers or something, pulls in Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, and then there's an adventure with that happening. How is that no different to this? Okay, I, I'm, I was trying not to talk about it now. I was trying to put a pin in it until we got to the mid credit scene, which is with Eddie Brock, Venom, right? What the hell, by the way? What the hell? We both sat through Let There Be Carnage, and then the end of that movie, he vanished, and we're like, is that Venom trying to show him the universe? And I apologise if this is a spoiler for that movie you've not yet seen it, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you have seen Venom, Blood of the Big Carnage. But we're like, is Venom responsible for Eddie moving to this, or moving to the MCU world, essentially? Well, no, because he was Or confused. is it something else? Venom was just as confused as... as so he arrives. So at the end of that movie, well, what happens now? He's there. and then. The mid credit scene in No Way Home, I didn't expect to see Eddie Brock, if I'm honest. There he is, once again on the big screen, Tom Holland, Tom Hardy, and is in the bar and has been told about the MCU characters, and he wants to go and find Spider-Man, but then he's taken away. He goes back. But then is he part of that Doctor Strange spell 
But he didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man because he never met a Spider-Man. But anyway, it's confusing. Yeah. But what my that doesn't thinking make is, any sense. No, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But the last time that we see Brock, he's wanting to find Spider-Man. He's drawn to him. And then he gets taken back to his world. We know next year, was it January or February, we're going to get Morbius. We see an image of Spider-Man in the trailer. We know that Michael Keaton, this is what it shouldn't be as confusing as it is, but it, it's very much confusing. What I think they could be doing, and I kind of hope they do it to be honest, I've already said how much I like Garfield and Spider-Man. I think that we could get Andrew Garfield as the Spider-Man of Venom, Morbius, Craven the Hunter, and whatever other Sony mm. movies are going to make, I, I don't. No, I just I don't think they'll have two live action Spider Man concurrently. I'm not hundred percent in that, but I think it could happen because they've just had their perfect opportunity on the back of Let There Be Carnage to have Tom Hardy Venom go up against Tom Holland Spider Man. And it was maybe, what, a month between seeing Venom and No Way Home, and they quickly changed it back. Yes, They quickly removed Mm. Venom. I I know there's a story point. He left some symbiote behind. I get all that. But they've they've taken Venom off the board again. They just put him on there. It was kind of weird. It was weird. It was very quick. And I think... Honestly, I would not be surprised if Garfield comes back. And more than that, I would be very pleased. I know we've not got to the end of this movie yet, but where we end up with Tom Holland as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, I'm very happy. But at the same time, it would be great to see Garfield back. And I don't think they're going to continue to have this Sony Spider-Verse without a Spider-Man. And I don't think it's going to be Tom Holland playing that Spider-Man. This film is the last in his contract. He's going to be entering renegotiations. However many films that's going to be, I don't know. But I don't think Holland is going to be tied to these Sony spin-off films, whereas another actor could come back. And the obvious choice would be Andrew Garfield. Yeah, look, I, I don't even know. Like Anything can, can sort of happen now i guess you know like we could get i don't know spider-man could go through the multiverse <laughs> you could just follow what miles is doing in his animated movie and then he could go on a bit of an adventure to different universes and you know he'll take his black suit with him once that all happens but yeah i don't know we'll just we'll just have to see or like Again, I feel like if I just speculate about things, I'll probably be wrong. <laughs> so I'm on a bit of a... Oh, actually, a- quickly, that was <laughs> that was a good bit with Electro when he finally sees Peter Parker under the mask. Mm. And he's like, oh, I got that wrong. You're a guy from Queens. I thought you'd be black. Yeah, you're all white. <laughs> and of course, we know Miles is out there. So that was it. I thought that was a nice nod to that other other Spider-Man that we know is absolutely out there. But I think on, on what you're saying there with like these other, you know, these Spider-Mans and maybe continuing their stories, I feel like 
a, one point of of this movie was to kind of give them somewhat of a send off in a way, like, and I think like especially like when when Andrew Spider Man saves MJ from that fall after you know the Tom Holland's one sort of gets knocked out of way and fails to do so. It, it's almost like he, he, like it's an emotional moment. He finds peace in in having done that. Almost like he's like, I, I've I've done for this Peter what I did, couldn't do for myself. And I feel like just yeah, like he found a moment, closure, a moment yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. The closure. I feel like that's kind of the end of his story. I feel like we're we're done with it. I feel like opening the character up again and going on more adventures with him will. I feel like there's just no need for it. I feel like we've done it. Maybe, maybe it's coming from a place of what I would like to see. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. But I do coming think... off you making the bold announcement that he's your favorite Spider-Man. He yeah. is, honestly. And again, more of him. I'm not talking Peter Parker. But the thing is, though, but you know, watching this film, it made me want to watch more Andrew Garfield films. He's so good in this. Going back to one of the Morbius trailers. Spider-Man clearly exists in that world and Morbius references Venom. There's like even that film's got a gag in the trailer when he's asked who he is, he's going, Venom. He's going, oh, I'm joking. I'm Dr. Michael Morbius. So they do have a Spider-Man, and it just seems an odd move. Because again, on the back of the Be Carnage, they shifted him over. Okay, well, that kind of makes sense. They want to have it all as part of one universe, but they've changed it again. But in Venom, there clearly isn't a Spider-Man. But it shares a continuity with Morbius, and there clearly is a Spider-Man. Maybe. Oh, who knows? Ooh, what they're uh, let's doing. just wait for bloody Morbius and see what the hell's going on. We've got on. a couple of weeks. We don't have to wait long. <laughs> a couple of weeks. New Spider-Man movie. It's all good. Look, Tom Holland Spider-Man versus Green Goblin. Um, like this showdown on this fallen shield. Um it gets pretty like. This gets aggressive. Like this is a violent Peter Parker. Um, you know, you killed my Aunt May. Essentially, is what's happening. He picks up that glider and he's about to. He's about to. You know, pretty much finish Goblin off. Um, and then we get a pretty epic moment. Tobey Maguire steps in. I can't remember what he says, but it's something along the lines of like, you know, you don't need to do it. This doesn't need to be this way. He gets stabbed. I was like, oh man, they've killed. They've killed Tobey Maguire. Well, he's Spider-Man, I should say. That. Oh, mate, honestly, my <laughs> my opinion of this film would be completely different if they brought back Tom McGuire's Spider-Man and killed him. I never swore then. I would have been so, so annoyed with this film. But he just, again, you know another what? gag. He laughs it off. He's been stabbed before. It's, it's funny. It's okay. Yeah, but I, I thought they may have killed him. But the drama... Again, again, Holland is really getting to stretch his acting Mm. chops here, and we're getting a lot from him. And on the back of, again, the relationship we see with him and Aunt May, she dies in his arms, and he was there at the time but still couldn't stop it with all his power. He couldn't stop her being killed. And you believe that he may take that step too far. And I've been praising the hell out of Andrew Garfield, but having Tobin Maguire be the Spider-Man to stop him, as well as, you know, Goblin being his villain, it made perfect sense. And it was just a great way to handle that scene. 
Yeah, I'm, it's all coming back to me now. Like Toby says something, he, he recalls like the you know the carjacker that he again he at least they got this bit right, and he said who I thought had killed my uncle Ben. So I was like, okay, they're still acknowledging the Sandman aspect of it. Um, and he says, you know, like he hunted him down, and you know he ended up dying, and it didn't help. You know, like he died, it didn't help. So it's like, okay, cool, cool, dude. Oh, that's right. That, Spider-Man's that really changed that first movie. Yeah. I forgot about that. Thinking of retcons and things like that. Yeah, Flint, he's over there. <laughs> They've already retconned it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they already resolved that, but, you know, here they are still doing their thing. But <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, but yeah, pretty pretty epic showdown. And look, okay, now what we need to deal with is basically, okay, how do we get all these guys back? They're all pretty much been cured. Um, none of them have, like, they've all reverted back to their normal selves. No more sand, no more lizardness. You know, it's all good. Doc Ock had his moment where he was like, ha-ha, I'm a good guy, screw you guys. We've got that moment in the trailer where, you know, it's a big tease. It's, oh, they're all coming through and I can't stop them. And we're sitting here going, oh, my God, like, who is he talking about? Is he talking about the Spider-Man? Is he talking about X-Men? I don't know. Uh, is Superman coming Nobody. Is That's nobody. who he's talking about. Nobody. Bloody nobody. Just this, some outlines of characters. I mean, there's a few, like, you know, well, I'd have to go back and like really look at them, but I think I saw Craven. I think something looked like Rhino. Oh, um, I, I, okay, I, I didn't. I didn't see that. I just but essentially, yeah, nothing. And this is where I'm like, I mean, I've got to, I've got to be honest. The movie's given us so much so far, but still, I thought they were <laughs> going to give us more, and they didn't. So maybe that's on me. <laughs> but know, we do yeah. have that Doctor Strange film. Yeah. But I think that was a bit of a, that was a sneaky bit of, uh, in their marketing there. It was just like, nah, that was the one thing you kind of showed us that was nothing. It was, didn't mean anything. But it does lead. It's in all the TV spots. Mm. It is in all the TV spots. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. Um, Peter makes the call. He's like, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Everybody needs to forget me. Not Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. Um, like this is a good setup for where we get to at the end of the movie, but in terms of like what happens next with the villains, they all get sent back, and I need someone to explain to me how this works because they've all been like cured, no power, no more supervillain powers and stuff, but they get sent back anyway. So Doc Ock's still gonna stop his reactor thing and die in the river i mean i guess the like, idea is that the going back changed yeah but and i've got to be honest they going to go back hope... to the moment right before they died and uh, they're still going to die but now I mean, like electro is going to go back but he's been... not going to have powers anymore so he's probably going to die quicker. i'm assuming things have been changed <laughs> but if that's not the case and everybody goes back to that same point anyway then aunt may absolutely died for nothing so I've got to think <laughs> that they're going back changed people, which would then change their futures. I mean, you can assume, but, you know, this movie doesn't tell us that at all. You have to know, just... But guess. that would be the hope, wouldn't it? That would be <laughs> the hope. On the but back of the sure. sacrifice, <laughs> him being heroic, it's... That's the hope. It's just more of like me just being like, I, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And I don't see what the point of this whole, the only, whole exercise was. The only way they could have made sense of it is by showing us like a couple of minutes 
on their side when they reappear, which <laughs> they don't. So they leave it up to our imagination. But it's even though there is a death in Aunt May, it's supposed to, you know, forward momentum, a little bit hopeful. He's being heroic. He's saved the day. So if the idea that this film ends where everyone goes back to that fixed point and dies anyway, he's done nothing. I guarantee we'll so see. my thought, we'll see like um, you know, like like how it should have ended video or something pop up at some point on YouTube, and we'll see an animated version of these characters going back and then instantly dying. Uh, I, I can't wait for it, yeah. and, I, and I will send it to you when I see yeah, it. That's, like, Told you. That's not my takeaway. They've gone <laughs> back, changed, and the they've got a new future ahead of them. Good assumptions, good assumptions. Um, but look, flash forward a little bit, obviously the, the new spell's in place, um, and this is this is essentially where the movie really comes back for me, um, and at least I can say it finished on a positive note. Look, nobody remembers Peter Parker. He's, you know, you, this is the great scene with, you know, it's Christmas time, he goes to see... MJ at the at the diner, Ned's there because you know convenient <laughs> for the scene. Um, he's gonna go tell. Oh, by the way, like the send off that when he tells them his plan and he says goodbye to him and he's like, "I will find you." And you know, MJ's like, "Come find me." Like, tell me, blah blah blah. blah. And he goes to do it, and then he decides, like, "Look, they're happy. They're in a good place. They're going to college. I'm just gonna leave it be." And it, that's kind of heartbreaking. It's pretty. It is, and it's perfectly Peter Parker. They reference it so many times in the comic. Yeah, Peter Parker, look, it's it's in there, but perfect way to end this movie, and I've got to be honest, it is the only part of the movie that I've gone online and looked forward to watch again because I, I liked it so much, more so after he leaves the coffee shop and what mm. comes next. We get we're I, just a bit in the yeah. diner when because it, it, it did say you're right, that's the plan is that I will find you and you will remember. Like we will we will find each other again. But it's that moment on he's not just hearing how well they're going, getting accepted into the school. He notices that she's still got the band-aid from the injury, which she had because she knew who he was and she was in a dangerous situation. And it's what Spider-Man does. He puts everybody else before himself. And it was such a strong Spider-Man moment. And all he wanted was to be with her and to be reunited with Ned, but he put their well-being ahead of his own. And he left in true Peter Parker's fashion. It's like wonderful. And again, it's it's this movie shining where we're just dealing with the Tom Holland character, the MCU, you know, proper of it all, his interactions with his characters. These are the, like, for me, these are the better moments of this movie. And it all leads to, you know, he's got this new apartment. Obviously, he's alone now. Nobody knows who he is. Oh, he visits the grave, Aunt May's grave, and Happy's there. And... Oh, I know. know. And that (laughs) makes it clear that, like, Happy... The world still knows who Spider-Man is and all of that. You know, even Happy says it, you know, yeah, it's blah, 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 something Spider-Man. Um, well, how did you know her and all that kind of stuff? Like, he doesn't know him. But it's, pre- again, pretty heartbreaking. But he gets a new apartment, which is kind of exciting. I'm assuming it's in the heart of New York City. 
and we see this is the moment where like you know i was making a lot of you know disgruntled faces throughout this my wife can contest to that but the moment i see just that shot of like cut up material blue and red material and then the you know pans out the window and then we see him swinging and it's just a material made homemade suit it's red it's blue it's got black webbing white eyes i almost cried <laughs> like beautiful oh, it's, I, it's, it's not how something many, I... how many movies holy shit <laughs> we've got him i didn't i didn't think we were going to get it because if i'm honest his spider-man costumes look good outside of the spider armor i've got problems with that yeah but it but it looks like a good modern costume but what what we get in this end scene it looks like the original ditko designs it is a homemade spider-man costume it's hard to see properly because it is nighttime Mm. the blue looks a bit metallic in design almost like nylon but you know what the design it almost looks like an amalgam of the tom mcguire and andrew garfield costume and yeah, for I... him to be influenced by them would just be perfect but it, it looks even though again it's it's a nighttime it's a dark shot he looks in that costume the most like spider-man than any of appearance in any film. As much as, like, I've praised the like the the MCU Spider-Man, um, you know, appearances and and the movies quite a lot. But also, obviously, like, we've both had big criticisms of them, especially like the the Spider-Man movies themselves, in regards to too much reliance on, like, Tony Stark the. Um, the Iron Man Jr. aspect of it all, the AI in his suit, the all the different web shooter variations and stuff like that, you know, like the, the Iron Spider suit, the nanotech, I don't know, what have you. The, and, you know, everything just being so different. And then, you know, even at the end of Far From Home, it was like, okay, we're, we're going to get something different because we've never had this story told where it's like, everyone knows who Peter Parker is. Oh, this could get pretty dramatic. But at the same time, it's like, oh, Aunt May knows who he is. Now the whole world knows who it is. It's like, wow, this is not like the Spider-Man that we know. This is crazy. And then suddenly it's just all of that is now removed. It's like they heard us complaining and they fixed it. Just me and you, though. Most people love it <laughs> this whole time. But, but again, you and I have been very vocal. Again, I still really um, love the character and the interpretation of the character. It's just like, you know, these very minor, major things. I, I don't know which they are. Yeah. have just well, been... Again, you're you saying... Know, it's it's almost like it's, it's, taken, it's taken three movies and three other appearances to essentially tell this Peter Parker's origin story. Yeah. I, like, which is... I think it's weird. a pretty... It's a, big, it's, a, it's a big deal that they're getting right here. Because look at the MCU. Nobody has a secret identity. I mean, who does? And it's it's such a strong staple of superheroes for me. In the comics, you know, characters still have secret identities, but in the MCU, characters don't. And the founder way, I can completely go with it, Spider-Man moving forward, they don't know his identity. And 
it's oh, I'm so I'm so hopeful. And I said it before that I honestly thought we'd have to wait until we got another reboot. We'd have to wait until the MCU was done with Spider-Man before we could truly get a Spider-Man film where he is the sole focus of that film. We're going to get it. We look to be absolutely getting it. I mean, you know, Sony are going to have to back a truckload of cash up into Tom Holland's lawn, but no doubt they will. They're it's, going to pay him all the money. It's that, bitter, it's that bittersweet thing where I'm in that position again where I've gotten to the end of this movie and I'm like, okay, I have thoughts and feelings about this movie. Not necessarily in line with the majority of the world, but I have thoughts and feelings maybe not the best, and I'm now more excited for the next thing. This is just like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom all over again. I'm like, <laughs> get to the end, and I'm like, okay, now we're at a point where I'm like, okay, let's go. This is what, this is where I we're mean, at. I'm hoping you like this movie more than that one, because I remember you really <laughs> didn't like that movie. I'll say it already. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I still have some thoughts. Um, but yeah, no, it is great. Just, just that costume. And it's like, this is going to be pretty much a brand new Spider-Man going forward. And I'm going to say it's, it's like a brand new day. There it is. I threw it in there. Threw it in. All right. It's a smart way of rebooting the character, essentially. Yeah. And I guess it would be... I mean, the Avengers... Yeah, I was going to say the Avengers know of Spider-Man. But, but they don't know him like they have done previously. So it's not as if they're just going to be calling him. So he can very much be doing his own thing. But you know what? Daredevil's not an Avenger. You can get those guys together. You could absolutely have friendly neighborhood Spider-Man with some street-level characters interacting at some point. But I'd want them to wait on that, though. Mm. I would very much like... Tom Holland's next Spider-Man film, he's the he's the only superhero, and then whoever the villain's going to be, I would love that. You know, like Amy Pascal, like um, you know, like the producer of, of these films and stuff like that, or I guess the so on the Sony side, you know, she's already started talking about the next trilogy for for Tom Holland's Spider-Man, and and I guess yeah, going forward, like I guess it would really be a, a new trilogy because it'd be so different to what we've already had and i think the best approach would be yes obviously keep him in the mcu keep him doing this stuff the occasional sort of crossover and feature other characters of course like they're going to keep doing that um but i think like look no more aliens no more you know like world ending multi-dimensional crossing events like let's just keep him keep him in new york have him deal with some sort of crisis villain in New York. Just keep it simple and make, again, like the, the, the best moments in this movie, for me anyway, were the moments where he was dealing with his own personal problems or the problems with his friends or the death of his aunt, you know, like all of that, or, or dealing with his own personal crisis about making a choice, decision, am I doing the right thing? Have I made a mistake? All that kind of stuff. Getting into college, you know? Like, the rest of it was all just just fun times for the sake of fun times. I know there was a bigger purpose to it all. But like, the highlight was just him doing his own thing. And I think they can make a good quality movie with 
just a simple Spider-Man adventure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And that's what we could be getting. But just before we move on, you say no more aliens. Well, I've already said, haven't I? Oh, yeah. Oh, the symbiote. Yeah, that's right. scene. <laughs> they've, te- they've teased aliens already. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe they'll wait until later <laughs> for that. Oh, look, yeah, look. having him be street level. And 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 again, like, I just want, you know, like the Tom Maguire films, the Andrew Garfield films, they're the only superhero. It's just them. And then whoever they go up against, I'd love to see that from Tom Holland. And wearing that suit, cannot wait. Oh yeah, just, just I just want to, just want to see it. But yeah, you know, I guess you're right. Like we're still in the alien. I just don't want it to be fighting like an alien invasion or going into space again or doing just crazy shit like that. But of course, dealing with the symbiote. I don't know. Maybe dealing with like scrolls again. I don't know. Going up against some some Cree on a very intimate, low-level, ground-level basis. Fine. All good. Just, I don't know. All good. All right. Let's we talk- just don't even know, do we? We, 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 don't we know, you know, there's, there's going to be new contracts, but then, again, we're getting Morbius, Craven the Hunter, and whatever other, you know, Spider-Man villain is going to get their own film. Who knows what Sony are doing? So we'll just have to wait and see. But just like you, that final shot, him in that costume, that's just fill me with hope for the future. <laughs> hope, hope that's that's all we got. Look, I want to see him. I want to see him like pair him up with Captain Marvel again. I I, I need more of that tantalizing flotation that they had for that one line. Oh, I know. But so on one hand, you're saying small scale, and then, and then I'm like, like, team like, up with Captain America, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who is essentially oh. the Superman of the MCU. <laughs> I like, know. With I don't know power levels. Want. I don't know what I want. I, just want <laughs> I think I just want more Brie Larson in my life. <laughs> Where's she been at? Right. Where's she been at? Anyway, the she's busy making the Marvels. It's coming. Busy making the Marvels. All right. Post credits. I mean, we talked the, the mid-credit one, but the post-credits with Doctor Strange. Um, well, it's a trailer. <laughs> it's a trailer for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Multiverse like, of Madness. When, when I, honestly, I, like most, sat and waited, and I thought the Venom mid-credit scene was going to be it, but I still waited until the end. But at the same time, kind of thought, maybe that's it. Maybe they're going to show nothing else. The Sony logo well, as pops you say, up before, it's, which doesn't normally happen. Yeah. It usually comes after. Because Doctor Strange 2 isn't Sony at all. It's purely mm. Marvel Studios. So I, I thought we we were done. And I'm trying to think, when's the last time they just showed a trailer? And I could only think that Avengers of the one. Avengers yeah. on the back of Captain America, mm. where it wasn't a post credit scene. It, oh, well, it wasn't just the scene. It was a full-on trailer and that's what we get here and straight away what you notice what's gone on with Stephen Strange's facial hair it is so different <laughs> to what we've just had in this movie in all other appearances but I guess he's gone for more of a Tony Stark look to be honest <laughs> we knew those goatees still um, coming in uh, my takeaway obviously we got we got a bit of Wanda Maximoff and she's um, you know, she mentions Westview and stuff, which I think would be, except for the Black Widow post credits, which I guess technically was meant to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. So Originally, I can't count yeah. That, yeah, I can't count that one. This would be the first mention of something that's happening in the in the um, Disney Plus show. 
although we did get a we did get like a billboard for or a poster or something of um the the Rogers musical in this movie. So maybe that's the first. Oh, I missed that. Did we really? Yeah, oh, just it's early that. on. It's early on as um Peter and MJ are sort of swinging, like they go into the subway and they swing. Yeah, it's sort oh, of oh that's amazing. cool. And I was and I was tying to Hawkeye. But I, I mean I was prepared for the Wonder Vision reference, and you've already said mm. we got it. What I absolutely was not prepared for, and for Marvel to be doing this, uh, I, I, I still don't know what to think about it. The villain, or who seems to be the villain in the new Doctor Strange movie, is the Doctor Strange from the What If episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I mean, and I was saying before, like that pre existing knowledge of like, I've recently watched or I've even had watched the other Spider Man films. I mean, to appreciate them turning yeah. up here because who you wouldn't think that's the kind of research I say research that's the kind of prep you would, however, you want to look at it, you know, what you'd need to watch before seeing this movie. But now, like on the back of this trailer, it's like, oh, they did a, an animated series and there's an evil version of Doctor Strange that first appeared there, but now is going to be in live action. So maybe I need to see that first. Or maybe they're going to do a live action recap. But never did I think... Or it could just be... They would be having like, characters... I mean, it, it, even without knowing, like... Like I like, say, like my wife, for instance, she didn't. She tapped out of of that show because she was like, "No, this is garbage," and she stopped watching it. And I just pushed through, even though I thought it was garbage. Um, we've talked about it, <laughs> and she was and like, I like it. And she was like, she hadn't seen that character in anime, animated form, but she was like, "Oh, an evil Doctor Strange!" Like she got it. It doesn't like he looks like an he, he looks darker. The beard is a bit more scraggly. He's you know, making an evil sort of snarl. You get it. Audiences know, oh, Evil Doctor Strange. You don't need to have seen that. And again, a week ago, or like even days ago, I would, I could, I could speculate and say, hey, maybe they're just doing their own version of like that Evil Doctor Strange. But no, you know what? Following this, yeah, they're probably just doing the actual, literally making the animated show canon. It is, is canon. Yeah. Remember, no, but it's years, all, but years, it's, years, but it's years ago. Years ago, after the Avengers, when we got. Season one, Agents <laughs> of Shield, hashtag it's all connected. And they, they are finally delivering on that promise. But I I mean, like I just said, I do think they are going to present it in a way where it will be like a recap for people that have seen the animated series and people watching the movies will see the origin of this evil Doctor Strange as part of the movie. But it still stands that they are taking a character who was first introduced in an animated series on Disney Plus and having him be in live action. I reckon I mean, they could still just play it off. I'm as, alone for the ride. Yeah. I, I'm alone for the ride, and, and I, I am. And I enjoyed that show a lot more than you did, clearly. Although I could have done without the Guardians of the Multiverse. I liked the one-and-done <laughs> aspect but anyway, that's, we, we've reviewed we've that, that show already. Look, again, I think I think they could just present it as like, "Hey, this is a this is a Doctor Strange from a universe where you know he took a dark turn," and I think people would just happily accept that. 
Oh, well, I don't know, but we don't actually need I, to know how um, he got there. We just need to know that he did. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Of course, we do. It depends how big yeah, of a absolutely. character he's actually going to be. It's like no. you know, straight from a dark timeline. The end. <laughs> it's hard to know how big that character is going to be in the show or in the movie. But yes, we need to know what made him take that turn, and it makes sense that go with the already established origin story. But again, I I mean, look, Andrew Garfield is that version. Tom Maguire is that version. And I think that's definitely what they're doing. I'm okay with it. I just think Marvel are just going to get to a point where they're going to be assuming too much. And not everybody going to see those movies are going to be able to follow what's happening. I think at the moment, it's it's okay. But if they continue to build on it, it works for, for the two of us. But I don't think it's going to work for everybody. It's just going to be too, too big. And Marvel are just going to be thinking, well, everybody's seen everything anyway. We don't need to explain anything. Let's just tell the story. All right. This might have been our biggest review ever of a single film. But I think we've done it. All we need to do now is give our rating. You may go first. Going into <laughs> it, just like you, I didn't necessarily want to see Tom Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I didn't. And I've always wanted Tom Holland, his Spider-Man, to be the most important character in his own film, and it's never been the case. This movie ends as if we're going to get that, so I am hopeful. But even though I said, oh, I don't want that, and and other than you, pretty much everybody I spoke to absolutely wanted these guys to come back oh, as Spider-Man. <laughs> But when when it happened, I loved it. I loved it. Like just because even I've said it already, seeing Andrew Garfield in costume, I thought it was going to be a tease. He had that awkward walk that he has. And I thought that's what it was going to be. And it ended up being more than that. So I feel like the movie I was given is the film that I'd been pushing back on this whole time and saying, I don't want it, I don't. And I've got to be honest, I, as I was watching this film, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to absolutely go along for the ride and just enjoy it for everything that it is. I don't know how it's going to hold up with that second, third, fifth, how many times I watch this movie. I'm guessing it's going to be more than that. I don't know how it's going to hold up, but this first film, and it's the first time I've felt this since Endgame, was an event. It wasn't just another trip to the cinema, let's watch a movie. It was so much more than that. The anticipation, the you know, the the audience, it was just such a good experience. I had a great time with it. There's things that I, I didn't like, and it's not perfect. And most people are praising it as being so perfect, and it's not. And but I'm gonna come in. I'm going to come in so high. Like I'm guessing so much higher than you, but I'm purely, I'm, I said earlier, leaning more into just enjoying it as a member of the audience than critiquing it. I know we're here to review it, but just on my enjoyment of this film, and even as we've been talking about it now, it's just making me want to go back and watch it again and again. I'm going to come in high for this one, I'm not going to come in at a perfect five. I'm absolutely not. 
but I'm going to come in at a even higher than I was going to come in, a 4.5 out of 5. That's too high. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I know it's going to be way no, higher than you, you but I'm just, I'm just, I, I am just riding that high of, and, and I get it, and it's one of those things where I like that music. I like that <laughs> actor. I like that version of the character. So I know that I'm getting hit over the head with fan service, but you know what? I don't care. I had so much fun watching this movie. So come on, what do you reckon? Two out of five? What are you, what Calm are you down, thinking? Mike. Calm down. So look, like, <laughs> I, I mean... I, I said it. I literally had exactly what I was going to say, and then I was listening to you, and now I forgot what I was going to say. No, I mean, I said it earlier um, that, you know, like, this, I mean, a lot of what they were doing here wasn't what I wanted them to do. However, like, it's happened. They've done it. But, and and moving past that, you know, like, I found bits of it to enjoy and you know I had fun with a lot of the gags that they were doing and jokes um however there was just a lot of things that just really like it didn't really make quite sense and when you shroud your movie in a plot that suddenly like there's too many holes that I can't look past and things don't really stick probably you know like things fall apart for me and then I'm just like I'm now long, no longer buying this as real um I gotta say this is the first film in the MCU you know like obviously I've had various uh, very different thoughts of how I feel about different MCU products but they've always felt like as crazy as things get pretty realistic and pretty um you know down to earth essentially even though things get so nutty this is the first time watching an MCU film where I've I haven't been able to escape and believe that I'm actually in a world you know, in this MCU universe, M- MCU, in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, I don't want to repeat myself there. Um, it's the first time I've, I haven't been able to actually feel that escapism. Whilst watching this movie, for the most part, it felt like I was watching a movie, a thing that was created. And I know that might sound crazy, but it's like, it just felt like, okay, this is a product of a corporation that has had three attempts at making this franchise and now this is an amalgamation and it for me i'm like this just felt like such a product and i didn't like that feeling i couldn't escape and believe i was i didn't get that escapism feeling because it just felt gimmicky to me it is essentially a greatest hits of of spider-man's cinematic legacy which, you know, on paper is cool and it's fun. And I'll be honest, it was a delight to see. I just think that it was done in sacrifice of telling a real story and delivering a high quality film. It was, it was all show. It was really overstuffed. There was a lot of things going on and happening. And, you know, there's, there's bright sparks throughout I'll admit, like, there's some cool things going on. And, this, you know, that highlight moment with the three Spider-Man, I'm like, wow, like, cool. This is actually happening. Holy shit. Um, but to me, I'm like, I, I, I just wasn't overjoyed 
with it all and I don't see the appeal of it because, again, it doesn't make any sense to me. However, all of that aside, the highlights, the incredibleness of this movie all shines with the moments where it's about Tom Holland's Spider-Man and it's about his world and the characters within his universe and all of that. The moment, like the opening scenes, the, the stuff at the end, the stuff with Aunt May, when it's about him and focuses on him, this movie really shines. And those aspects are probably the best aspects of this interp- of, of this this version of, of Spider-Man that we've gotten. Oh, that was a bit of a whirlwind. I feel the therapy is now complete. Three out of five. Ooh. So I'm not going, I'm not, it's okay. like I'm not going completely low. It's just, yeah, three out of five. It's you know, there's there's good stuff in this movie. It's just kind of stupid. <laughs> that's I that's do. It. I mean, again, I, I, I choked early, but I, I did have a feeling that's where you were going to land. Because again, like we we reviewed Loki for sounds like comics, and the difficulties you were having with that show, I absolutely saw you having the same. Problems I just with this film even more so because <laughs> because it's Spider Man like and now, yeah, you, now you I could a, get on board for the most part a show about Loki but yeah I, I know how much Spider Man means to you but I'm also glad that it did give you some joy like there's some things that you well, did because like I, about this film it's impossible to not with my love of Spider Man and the and the other movies to not get a kick out of seeing the characters again so I'm like this is cool I just feel like okay, when I watch this movie again, and I guess that will be the true telling, or if I watch it a third time, I'm going to look back and be like, this actually isn't a great movie. Like, I I feel like the next time I watch it, my rating might be lower because I might look at it and go, yeah, no, this, like, okay, we've we've seen the moments, we've seen them all come together and cool. and, And I'm like, but because there isn't that strong foundation of an actual good movie, when like it's 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 going to be hard on those rewatches except for you know like i might get a kick out of seeing certain scenes again and but i don't know there's not enough of just what i call tom holland's mcu spider-man and and all of that there's just not enough of that because that's not what this movie is about it's all about the other crap that's inside it but that's yeah. i'm done and that's why i am done we, we need we need to wait for that next always Tom waiting Spider-Man for the film. Next. that should <laughs> i know but more than ever like it's the first time with tom holland that i thought we would actually get a true spider-man film and that's where this film ends there it is yeah that i mean that that suit if not for that suit, I reckon it'd be like a two out of five. But, but no, a three <laughs> out of five. Oh, look, I've got a tiny little bit of trivia. There was so much trivia to go through and all things about like, oh, returning character. And I was like, like there's, there's not much. But um, I just went with this. With a runtime of 148 minutes, Spider-Man No Way Home is currently the longest Spider-Man movie, beating out The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which ran for 141 minutes. Um, and I also threw this in here as well. Um, the first trailer has become the most watched trailer 
which received 355.5 million views uh, of global views in its first 24 hours, which surpassed the previous record holder, Avengers Endgame, which drove 289 million views. Good stuff. The hype wow. was real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And honestly, looking forward to watching this again. Yeah. More than you. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm like, I've never left a Spider-Man movie before, except for those Venom movies again. But um, I've never left a Spider-Man movie and been like, I have no real drive to watch that anytime soon. I mean, I will, but and that, like, yeah, if you were like, oh look, it's on, I imagine it won't be on Disney Plus, but if you were like, oh look, it's on Netflix like tomorrow, I'd be like, cool. Actually, no, who am I kidding? I'd watch it. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, okay, look, if you were like, hey, look, you're gonna go to the movies again, do I want to come with you? I'd say, nah, I'll wait. <laughs> Where normally I'd be like, hell yeah, give me more of that Spider-Man goodness. But I'm just like, nah, it's I don't know. I, I'm jealous. I mean, we've, the, the world loves this movie. We've and taught, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm alone. Oh, you said it already. We've talked about this movie at length. Yeah. We've talked about it. It's, you're, you're right. I think it probably is our longest review. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a, a year in review episode. So no doubt it'll come up again. But I think we've done it for this <laughs> luckily, episode. Luckily we've it's not absolutely the worst movie, done it. And it's clearly not the best movie for you. But it might be the best for you. I don't know if you've given a score as high as that, but we'll find out in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, that's it. Finally. Thank you for hanging in there. That's our review of Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's New Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Venom, Let There Be Carnage, 8-Bit Christmas, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. And be sure to check out our next review, June. And uh, as just as I think my voice is about to go, you've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. Mm-hmm.